Warning, the following episode contains adult language and screaming goats. Listener discretion is advised. The Pinball Network is online. Launching The Pinball Show. Pinball is a game of skill. For some, it's a passion and a lifestyle. It's time for the Pinball Show. It's pinball with personality. Welcome to the Pinball Show, episode 44. We're back, and your host here is very excited. I have a co-host that makes me very, very happy. This is one of my best friends. He's a co-founder of the Pinball Network. He's a pinball charity philanthropist like no other, and he is one big pinball ambassador. He's a pinball personality and creator of the Special When Lit Pinball Podcast, In my opinion, he is one of the greatest and major voices in this pinball hobby. I know that you're dying to hear him come back to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Ken Cromwell. Hey, what's going on, Pinball Land? What's up, Zach? You know what's funny? I called you this morning because I thought I left my toothbrush over at TPN before I left. (laughs) So I'm here to pick it up, and now we're uh, recording, so... I'm so very happy to be here, man. Thank you for the invitation. It's been a long time since we've been able to do this, so it's going to be fun. I, whenever you call me now, I just require it to be over Skype and with Mike ready. So sorry for throwing this on you, but uh, your toothbrush is right over there. There it is. There it is. It wasn't even a bad breakup, but uh, you know, <laughs> I had to move along and, and I forgot some of my belongings. So it's good to be back and collect them. And while we're here, let's, let's knock out a podcast. Oh, yes. But first, I've got to know. How did you spend your Christmas? You know, so Christmas was, uh, it was actually pretty good. Um, Not to bore everybody, but we got together with some family. Uh, We were as careful as we could be. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, with Christmas, it's like, it's the one day of the year, Christmas Eve at least, where my entire family is together. And it's become an annual thing. Um, You you know, so it was nice to see everybody. You kind of wish it was under uh, a little bit better circumstances where you're a little bit more comfortable. But, you know, everything aside or considered it, it worked out really well. What did you guys do? Well, what was your favorite uh, gift that you received? You know, I uh, you get a bunch I don't of know shit? that I received anything oh. that was uh, <laughs> that was amazing this year, but on, it's the thought that counts. Well, my, my wife got me something. That counts. Right. That's well, code and this for, is the thing. I didn't get shit. Right. Well, you know, it was interesting. Like I, somebody gave me a uh, a wet dry vac, a cordless wet dry vac, oh, which I was okay. like, okay, I guess I could kind of use this to vacuum out the car. The sure. problem is it doesn't come with the battery or the charger. So the battery and the charger is going to cost 180 bucks. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of the gift that keeps on taking. And uh, it, it is what it is. My wife got me this thing. It's called the Aura Ring. And you put this thing on and it, and it kind of keeps track of your health vital stats throughout oh, no. the day. Yeah. Um, so it's telling me what kind of physical activity I am taking part in every single day, uh, which is surprisingly low. Uh, it tells me how well I'm sleeping and I'm a very bad sleeper for whatever reason. I just, I can't stay settled throughout the night. I'm up a lot. So, but this ring makes me feel horrible because when I wake up in the morning and I check my app, it's, it's like, basically it says, uh, you slept ridiculously bad last night. 
you should probably not try to move today so that you can recover. And it just gets me demotivated right off the bat. So, uh, so that was my, probably my best gift, something that crushes me on a daily basis. The aura ring, man. I want one of those now. Was it like, does it change colors? Was it like brown all no, the time for you? No, it's not, it's not mood ring, man. It's, it's the oh, aura okay. ring. It's, it's just like a little, uh, it's kind of like a Fitbit, but instead of it going on your wrist, it goes on your finger and it gives you a lot more information on a day-to-day basis. So, I'm trying to be healthier going into 2021, Mm -hmm. and uh, I think like everybody, you've got your New Year's resolutions, and I'm ready to rock and roll on mine, but for now, it's still kind of the holidays, and I'm having my fun, and we'll see where it takes us, but that being said, let's let's get back to you. What happened over at uh, Flipping Out Pinball, Zach and Nicole Many residence? I will get into it. I still want to talk about that ring, but uh, (laughs) you you don't want to talk about the ring. I'll tell you more about the ring off. off, One ring to rule them all. The ring. Uh, I wish I wish I had received the Lord of the Rings. Oh, that would have been nice. That would have been nice. You've had one before. Uh, mm-hmm. We we celebrated with family, and uh, it was it was quite nice. Actually, it was a good. I, I tried to totally take a break, a little bit of editing here and there, but it was really nice. I was able to get rid of that damn elf on a shelf. So yes, that yes. you know what that is truly the gift that keeps on giving until next December. I was glad yes. to see that asshole leave the premises. <laughs> Um, or should I say shoved into a box and placed up into, uh, my workbench cabinet. So she's gone. Good riddance. My daughter was terrorized by the elf. We use the elf on a shelf as like a deterrent, not as celebrating the holiday. We would make that elf stalk my daughter, uh, when she was doing anything wrong. And to this day, she is a little bit unsettled on the elf in the the shelf and it's, it's been shelved so to speak. So, Oh, I see what you did there. So yeah, we, like we did that. I'm trying to think. Uh, Gifts-wise, we're able to give away a lot of gifts to the family. They loved I it. I saw. You were, uh, you were Pinball Santa all year round, and I'm waiting for my text to come through that shows me uh, <laughs> what console I'm receiving from Flipping Out Pinball uh, this year. Uh, shout out to Dennis Kreisel. Um, mm-hmm. I regretfully he's not here because it's his off week, so miss you, Dennis. Yeah. Oh, update for the listeners. His Xbox did come in earlier than than planned. So we've got that Xbox Series X in the mail shipping out to Dennis as we speak. That's amazing. You had done an episode a few weeks back about all the trials and tribulations that you go through to try to get the Xbox uh, Series X. I was going through the exact same thing. And the Walmart checkout system is so disappointing on so many levels. Just when it makes you think that you've got that Xbox Series X, you get Mm -hmm. that little pop up and you know that you just wasted a good 10 minutes of your time. It almost so sounds like you went through the same thing, Kim. I went through the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. We were uh, we were actively trying to get one for uh, for the kids, but oh, nice. it didn't work out, but that's does okay. It, does anybody at the office over at JJP, did anybody get one of the new consoles? Yeah, so Joe Katz actually uh, picked up a PS5. He nice. had pre-ordered, you know, Joe Katz is in mm-hmm. software over at JJP. And uh, so, yeah, he had one. He's having a really good time with it. He says the most impressive thing for his PlayStation 5 is the feedback that's in the controller. Hmm. And he says that it kind of changes the whole way in which you experience gaming. And uh, so he's really pleased with it. But we had several of us that were looking for consoles, not to flip, but to try to get some gaming in before the holidays. So I'm hoping stock will kind of open up a little bit yeah. here since we're uh, post, post-holiday post season. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here. One of the uh, one of the next couple Jersey Jack pinball machines will have haptic feedback. How about that? Thank you, In Joe the flipper Cass. buttons, right? Cool. <laughs> Actually, not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, so overall holidays went really well. I received some really cool gifts. My favorite gift was one that I received from Nicole, uh, and it was mm. courtesy kind of of Chelsea Bone. Uh, Chelsea Bone is is Greg Bone's wife, uh, for those of you familiar with the Bones, uh, from straight in the middle. She had compiled, it probably took her 10 to 20 hours, Ken, compiling a book 
that did a, a screenshot of every one of the SDTM episodes we've ever done as a memory keepsake with the title of the episode. Uh, oh, wow. A, a shot from that, when it aired, uh, when we were able to get sponsors, just a fully detailed book. Uh, and Nicole, uh, Nicole and Chelsea, Nicole got me one as well as Chelsea got Greg one. That was That's really cool. That is uh, really cool. That was really thoughtful. So if I'm looking for a good cry, I can read that every time this year. I want that's that's time capsule. Ask that's something that you can always kind of look back on. I like that. Absolutely. Some of those tears are happy tears, and some of them are sad tears. But we'll get into that here right. soon. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I thought it'd be fun, Ken, before we jump into some of the news. I don't know if we have correspondence today. How are the old correspondents doing? Oh, by those the way? are your boys. It's, it's always good hearing from the correspondents. Yes, those are your boys. They're doing well. Um, they're doing well. You had a, a tighter, uh, more coherent ship than I can run over here. That's what you're so damn good at. Um, oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, it's true. True story. But uh, they're doing well, I think, for the most part. I had gone back recently. I was driving in the car and, uh, you know, every so often I'll think about Special When Lit and when we used to uh, host the show myself and Bill Webb. Sure. And Every so often, maybe every month or two, I'll just randomly go back and I'll select an episode. And I'll just kind of listen because it's fun to kind of reflect. Mm-hmm. And it's also kind of interesting to see what was being discussed at that time whenever I click on an episode. And it was the first episode that Craig Bobby had come on. <laughs> okay. And yeah. to listen to the transformation from a first time Craig Bobby to the Craig Bobby that we all know today. It's uh, it's quite the transformation. So he's mm-hmm. he's become quite the personality in Pimble. He's growing in right podcasting. in front of our eyes, Ken. He is. He is. How far will he go? We shall wait and see. Perfection. It's time for TPN Industry News. Chris Chandler here with your latest in the world of Deep Root. It seems like sales of Raza are taking off, as order numbers shared on Pinsite indicate they've sold nearly 200 pins. Or have they? American pinball coder Joe Schober also known as Ferret on Pinside, Tilt Forums, and other places, channeled his inner Rain Man and noted that the most recently shared order numbers were all divisible by three. Does this mean Deep Root is gaming their order numbers? Well, we really can't tell, and Joe himself admits that we really don't have enough data points to say for sure. It's simply just an interesting coincidence for now. But we all know how the pinball community, and especially those following J-Pop and Deep Root, Love a conspiracy theory. Either way, folks only have until the end of the year to get their Raza orders in. Speaking of the end of the year, I felt that the end of 2020 was a good time for me to pass the Deep Root Correspondent Torch. I want to thank Bill and Ken for welcoming me aboard during the special and lit days, and for Zach and company at TPN for bringing me along for the ride. It's really been fun, and I've enjoyed meeting so many awesome people in the pinball community. I'm also thankful for Robert and all the folks at Deep Root, like Steve Bowden, Quinn Johnson, Craig Rushforth, and Sean Gibson, who were kind enough to let me into the world of Deep Root and take a peek at what they've been passionately working on all these years. I know I speak for many when I say we all eagerly wait to see what next they have in store. I eagerly look forward to putting this pandemic in the rear view so we can all raise a glass in person, play some dollar games, and geek out over this shared hobby we all love so much. Signing off as your Deep Root correspondent, this is Chris Chandler. As an update listener, we received this correspondence from Chris Chandler after Ken and I had already recorded, uh, so we weren't able to discuss how proud 
uh, and thankful we are of Chris Chandler being a part of uh, both Special Wind Lit and the Pinball Show, the Pinball Network. Chris, you've always been a class act, man, and, and I can't express in words what you have meant uh, to the TPN crew here and Dennis and I in particular. We all know that you were Dennis's favorite correspondent and in many ways uh, mine as well. We wish you the best in the future. And as I've told you privately, uh, if you ever get that itch to record something again, please, please let us know. We would love to consider you always an alumni of the Pinball Network. Love you, buddy. And sincerely, thank you again. Chris Chandler, everybody. I, I thought uh, we would continue. We had Greg Bone on. We had Jason Fowler coming on a couple weeks ago because they were some of the founders of the Pinball Network. But even more so, Ken Cromwell, this started, this TPN thing started as you and I's baby. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We've been talking about that since a couple TPFs ago. Um, Years I now. Remember. Yeah. And I don't know, the stars just felt like they were aligning for us and we were just... I don't want to speak for you, but it felt like we were just getting tired of some things and we wanted to really celebrate friendship and other things. So it made sense mm -hmm. for, for us to segue into something new, a new fresh project in TPN for us. And uh, you and I reached out to the other founders there and we thought we were doing something fun. We we're doing something honest um, and something that would benefit the industry for years to come. Um, and for the most part, we have achieved that. And oh, I haven't even updated you, Ken. And mm -hmm. where are we at? Uh, 11 months uh, from conception of this thing? Yeah, that's, that's incredible. Yep. I absolutely commend you on your uh, perseverance because it wasn't without roadblocks <laughs> that you well, were able to kind of bring the network where it's at today. And, and let's, let's not joke. Fucking holes in the road. Have you ever seen those memes where the car just goes into a it, large You know hole. what? I, I spend enough time on social media now. I, I, I try to forget some of the memes that I've seen over the years. Eh, but uh, but no, after I, after 11 months, I think we're at a quarter of a million listens already. Yeah, so that's incredible. TPN's nice doing job. quite well, and the group here is having fun, and I think they've built friendships uh, out of TPN because of it. So uh, mission success. But let's talk about where you've been. Where are they now? Ken Cromwell edition here. You got into pinball. I think you've been in pinball longer than I have, but you started Special One Lit. Oh, how long ago has it been? Yeah, it was 2018. It was uh, wow, wow. the 4th of July weekend in 2018. And uh, anybody that's probably listened to the show knows the backstory. So I'll just briefly summarize. It was myself and Bill Webb. After we met, we would have conversations on the phone daily that would be anywhere between 30 minutes and hours. Bill yep. does a lot of driving with his job. And at the time, I was working from home. So it just... It was great conversation and banter because we all we felt so, you know, passionately about pinball and we, and we both still do. So to be able to kind of have those conversations that we had and and be able to air them and, and kind of give the listener, our, you know, an opportunity to kind of listen in on our conversations. That was the whole goal of the podcast. And people loved that thing, man. People love Special One Lit. They still talk about it. Yeah, it's very humbling because we didn't see the show as something that would bring in a ton of listens. And I think, in fact, at one point we said, you know what? If we can get 50 people to listen to us on a weekly basis, then it'll be something that will be fun going forward. And, you know, the numbers surpass that. So it was fun. It was a lot of hard work on both ends. I mean, you know more than I do about how hard it is to kind of keep something going on a consistent schedule. You've got your uh, hands in, in a lot of different. Uh, I, I like cookie, cookie jars. jars yeah. but do you like cookie jars? I love cookie okay. jars. 
Yeah, but I mean, it's it's an undertaking. And at one point, I mean, I don't know that we had missed a week in maybe eighty nine episodes. I, I we might have missed one week, so that was uh, yeah, that was something that I was proud of. And I and I do miss it. There. I'm happy with where I'm at now, and I've met a lot of awesome people, and I correspond with a lot of people that I've never met that I consider friends, and that's the true benefit of that. But you know, and that's where TPN was so important because when we wanted to kind of continue bringing additional people inside of a uh, you know a circle of people that wanted to work hard and collaborate to help create additional exposure of the hobby, TPN made a lot of sense. And mm-hmm. I think we're now we're seeing the residuals of that hard work because think about how many more people now have an outlet for their creativity mm-hmm. and some people that may or may not have been discovered uh, are, are, are given a platform on TPM and it's about teamwork. It's about working together to bring somebody up and then be there for them throughout their time that they want to be creative pinball content. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and that was kind of the mission statement of, of the pinball network. Now, the great thing was this too, right? We were so close friendship wise going into it that it just, it was a really easy transition and it was exciting. It would almost be like starting a small business with some of your best friends. The difference being we didn't start TPN with the uh, with the drive to want to profit or make money. It wasn't about that. So that's why some of the decisions that we made might have been criticized because, well, if you were running this like a business, you would have done this. Mm, you would have sure, secured the website, sure. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it's like, well, thanks for pointing that out because we weren't planning on running it as a business. This was something that we were doing <laughs> yeah. because we were having fun and we thought that we could also help people and we would work together with people that we might not have been able to do so in the past. So, uh, you know, could things have been handled differently? Sure. But again, it wasn't a business uh, that we were starting. And and let me ask you this, because Uh I hear this come up from time to time, just because we're on the topic of a business. Sure, sure. I hear sometimes there's commentary where, you know, you're you're behind TPN and it's because uh, it makes you money. And I know (laughs) we've had conversations about this in the past and... uh, but in, in, in all fairness, do you think that TPN or any of the pinball content involved in TPN, I mean, does it really correlate to cash in your pocketbook where you're living a different lifestyle because of the cash that's generated from the pinball network? Lifestyles, the pinball pond casting famous. Right. No, um, that is a good question. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, well, it certainly doesn't make me money. No, um, I spend money. I like spending money. And that's what I figured. Because I like spending money on shit yeah. that I like and people that I like and industries that I like. So, right. no, it, it doesn't. I think people do think that. And it sometimes that hurts. But as people, people are shitty. People are great. People are, people are everything. I can see, I think, the perception that people may have of that. It just tells me that they don't. They just don't have the facts. They don't know. They're just blindly going in with their mouths open, their ears closed. But well, no. and, there, and there's too much of that in general. Anyways, oh, people that have perceptions, I get it. And listen, if, for the listener that's that's consuming this right now, this isn't something that I planned to talk to with Zach. But I mean, now that it comes up, it does. That's I think it's important question. to address. Again, we weren't going into it as a business, as a money making opportunity, and that's why I'm curious did you ever have an opportunity where you really have made money with TPN, whether it be uh, advertising, which I don't hear any advertising on no, any of the TPN no, podcasts. So wanted, that's another we thing. We wanted that to respect funny. the community enough that mm-hmm. anything I'm attached to, Ken, you know, this listener, you guys probably know this. Anything I'm attached to is going to have for many reasons. It's going to have, there's going to be some curious speculation and eyes attached to me just because I do have, uh, I do have a formal business in pinball. So Sure. I see where it's coming from. I love that those that are close to me and that 
truly know me. I might be a host and flamboyant at times, but I think my track record speaks for itself when I truly just want to further pinball because I see myself being in this industry for decades. That's my goal. Mm -hmm. My goal is to year after year, continually build upon what I can to help out pinball. Now, and look, Zach, it's, it's building relationships. It really, really is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and, and that, again, was one of the most important things that we discussed in TPN. It's about building relationships and having a support system. And, yeah. and do for whatever, forever reason, I don't know if it's my personality. I feel like I've got to prove something. Like, I have to earn respect. I don't know why that is. It might be a character flaw. But I feel like I have to earn respect of people that I'm just trying. I'm trying to give and give. And sometimes sure. people don't perceive it. And it sucks. But I'm always like, Man, what what else could I bring this industry? Man, what I would else? rather associate myself with people that are trying to earn the respect of others versus somebody that thinks that they are just deserving of the respect based on reputation. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, for that, I think that's that's, that's not anything question. that I should be indirectly though. I would love for people to like to support my livelihood because I'm trying to go that extra step. But right. when we started this, remember all the committee conversations? We were like, look, there's no requirement for any sponsorship for anybody, whether it's flipping out or anybody else, there's no requirement for that. If people are interested, I've voiced to all of our providers. If you have any interest in sponsorship for extra resources, please let me know. Um, nobody's taking me up on that. Uh, right. and we, I do that for my show selfishly just because I'm putting in, in the damn work. So, um, but no, I sponsor flipping out pinball sponsors, other pinball media, again, just to try to help uh, help my business and to also help the industry and those providers that are putting in the time. I don't, I just don't like the fact of people putting in passion, dedication, work for others to consume and for them not to be, you know, thanked for it or rewarded for it. I just, I'm a big positive reinforcement kind right, of guy. Right, right. I just know firsthand from, from the time that we had met and actually the first time that you invited me on uh, Twit Podcast back oh, yeah, in the day. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of where our relationship started. That and the true, reason yeah. that I, I find a lot of similarities between the two of us, and that is, you know, we're competitive, uh, but we strive to do better. And I think it's, I know for a fact that it's in both of our nature to want to be able to offer help and assistance if if somebody wants to receive help and assistance. I've yeah. been like that, not just in pinball, just in life, you know, whether it be charity or, or just somebody that's down on their luck. I mean, if I think I can make a difference without imposing myself on them. I'm, I'm happy to do that. So again, you created a 24 hour stream, Ken Cromwell, that raised over $50,000 for children's hospitals. Listener, uh, does it get any better than that? That, that, that was really, really cool right there. And that yes. was project pinball charity. And, uh, and I think Jason even said the same thing. It, and to be very honest, that was a, that was a community coming together sure, again, sure. working together towards a common goal. And there was a huge dollar for dollar match uh, from Adam Schwartz in New York. And that ended up uh, over $50,000. And it was an amazing thing. It's a great personal accomplishment to be playing a small role in that. To be able to organize it is one thing, but to have everybody kind of contribute is huge. And I'm, I'm hoping those machines get placed uh, in 2021 because with COVID and whatnot, I'm sure everything's a little bit behind. And mm -hmm. uh, But I would love to see those machines get placed. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I said at the beginning of the show about your about your philanthropy and being an ambassador being. So that that led to something really big. But how did we get there? We started TPN up mm -hmm. um, and you you rode the waves with us, buddy. You, you and there you were ups and downs, the other though, providers. Man. There was there was uh, stress and there was elation, like usually coming within the same 24 hour periods. 
it's was, true. It, it didn't go without some difficulties on yeah. the kickoff. That's for sure. Well, what does that do to the person's psyche? What does that do to, I mean, you experienced it. Let the listener know. Did, there was elation. There was, there was downsides to it. Did it lead to any stress that uh, oh, seemed to yeah, I mean, bleed over into other things? For sure, in your it life? did. You know that it did. I know that it did. Um, your prior guests with Greg Bone and, and Jason Fowler expressed a lot of the same sentiments that I could express. Mm-hmm. Um, where you were really looking forward to starting something new, there were obstacles that had arisen, and and honestly, in my entire life. Uh, I don't know that I've ever felt so disappointed and stressed out over some false narratives that were being created at the time. Mm. And there was nothing more frustrating than that because when you're so excited about something and to have kind of that rug pulled out unfairly underneath you, it, uh, it catches you by surprise. It's almost like you ever get the wind knocked out of you where you still, you know that you're not going to die, but you've got that wind <laughs> that you can't kind of catch and you're struggling to kind of bring yourself back to where you can kind of function again. Um, yeah. it, it kind of reminded me of, of that because it was like a doom. pow. Yeah. And, th- and that was, that was a little bit tough, especially oh, when, I mean, when yeah. that's coming from a prominent figurehead in pinball, I mean, essentially who carelessly questioned all of our intentions, our reputations, our character. I don't know. I mean, candidly, it made me call into question what his, I mean, what his reputation character and what his motives were for mm-hmm. kind of creating that false narrative. And really it was, it was to destroy. <laughs> It, in my opinion, it, it really, really was. I think it's a fact. I think it's a fact. Look, as competitive as I am in life, like I, we were just talking about this, I would never consider creating like a false smear campaign in an effort to keep the attention on myself. Um, but I think in, interestingly, like enough, I think the fallout of that was kind of twofold, whereas it, it did kind of hurt and hinder, you know, us starting off with TPN and the good Hell intentions yeah, of some really good people, just good human beings. On the flip side of things, I think it did show some people in the pinball community, I mean, just how kind of ruthless somebody can be when they're trying to maintain a perceived pinball fame and notoriety. Opening this curtain, really, maybe there are some problems in pinball that that are certainly not the ones that are being thrown up on the surface. And and is it worth it, right? I mean, is uh, it worth it? Yeah. Is it worth it? I mean, I learned a lot about this person and uh, I will say this. I never received an apology whether it be personal <laughs> or public yeah. for an attempt at a character assassination from all of us. Uh, and that's why I ultimately I just kind of I don't mean to talk over you, but it's like I'm st- I'm just getting uh, excited about it now because I haven't really rehashed this in a while. Uh, and look, I've had a lot of time to kind of think and digest this, whereas if somebody comes to me and has a discussion and, and apologizes for something like that, I mean, I, I'm open to forgiveness. I'm open to kind of maybe looking past it. But mm-hmm. when that conversation never happens, it just makes me not motivated to work with that individual ever again. It's hard to get um, over. It is hard to. It and is. What do you it say is. to that about people right now that are saying, well, I've heard it on other podcasts. Uh, get over it. I mean, it's old news. It's blah, blah, blah. Sure. What would you say to that? Well, I think at the time we didn't really have a choice but to try to get over it as quickly as we could. Because, I mean, at that point, we still had a directive, something that we wanted to see fit. Uh, but then you have to deal with some fallout. And the fallout was you know, was completely unfair. So... Sure. I, I think when you're looking at it from the sidelines, it's easy to say, we'll just get past it. And I, and, and I get it. But I think when you're really involved in it and that comes into your living room mm-hmm. and it presents itself and you're living in this room with this unfair picture that's being painted uh, around you, yeah. I think you're probably more apt to understand the personal impact that it has. And the funny thing is this, right? It, it seems to me that it would take less effort 
okay, for this person to be the supportive person that he claims to be versus working so hard behind the scenes to essentially create roadblocks when somebody starts to get recognition for their efforts. It seems to be like that's what causes the aggressive nature in my experience with him. And that's why we wanted to create the pinball network just to show people it can, it can be more than, it can be more than just entertainment. It can be camaraderie. It can be almost like a a friend family unit kind of thing. Everybody get along together and work together towards the common good of increasing exposure and information and fun about pinball. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I echo the same sentiments as people know. I, it just, it still hurts. Of course it hurts, especially when there's no recognition of, of wrongdoing there. And you know that it was done in a certain way to, to bring harm to other people. There's no, there's no question. I, I can honestly say Ken Cromwell in my entire time in pinball, I've never done that. I've never done anything just to try to cause harm to, I don't care. I wouldn't do, I always tell people that I wouldn't do shit like that to my worst enemy in life. It just, it's not humane. It's just not a cool thing to do. Listen, as, as much hard work that a lot of us put into the, uh, into the hobby or into the industry or, or whatever you want to call it, one person can't take credit for everything. Okay. The, the hobby and the industry, it's, it's too small for that. So true. And in my opinion, it's so much more rewarding to kind of support somebody all the way through and then not decide that you're going to start blasting that person when they get too popular for your liking. And, and the irony here is that this is why we started TPN. It was support for everybody, regardless of their reach or their following. Yeah, yeah. It was a true team concept and team effort. You know, I don't want to go too deep down this because it gets it gets crazy. It's uh, but unbelievable. I am I am proud of you, especially for being able to weather that whole storm and continuing to persevere. I said it earlier. It's remarkable. I know that your intentions and your heart are always in the right place. And if I wasn't working for a pinball company right now, there is no other place I would rather be than working alongside you and everybody else at TPN. And uh, for that, I congratulate you all. It's it's impressive. That's that's unbelievably kind. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, you, everybody at TPN. I feel the same way about you, but uh, listeners know I'm obsessed with you. So Uh, (laughs) but no, I, I apologize to those guys for, you know. By association, by proxy. So that same apology goes to you. All right. So those. You know what? Hey, the, and, and, and real quick. Yeah. I'm still open for that apology. Okay. <laughs> That's right. If, if that ever wants to come in at some point, I'm open to listen to it. And, you know, I'm open for forgiveness. Maybe sometimes you don't forget, but that apology never came. And I don't expect it to ever come. Yeah. And uh, I don't go out of my way to discuss this with people because I don't think that that's fair. Because I don't want to be somebody that is going out of my way to spread negativity about somebody, even if that negativity directly impacted me in a poor way, because I've got more respect for people and their families mm-hmm. than that. So I'm open for that apology. Um, and if it doesn't come, it won't be because I'm not surprised. I think we're all open for that type of apology, especially when I hear all the time. Why don't you get over it, Zach? Why don't you guys need to work shit out? I'm like, what, what, what do I need to work out? What the hell did I do? You know what? And I want to say this too. And, and, and I think this is important because I mean, now I'm working uh, at Jersey Jack pinball. I, I think a lot of people know where sometimes I'm asked to speak on behalf of Jersey Jack pinball. Yes. That doesn't mean that I'm given permission to always be speaking for the company. So anything that we say or talk about here is just a couple people having uh, best friends, having a conversation mm-hmm. on a pinball podcast. Uh, not necessarily reflecting the uh, opinions of Jersey Jack Pinball or its uh, employees or anybody associated with the company. So 
Absolutely. Little, little disclaimer, but I and appreciate I'm, you giving me an opportunity to kind of discuss this a little bit because let's be honest and we'll move past this, right? Because uh, it is what sure. it is. I've never been able to really hash this out or talk about my side of any of this ever. And it was just, again, it was fighting off punches that were unfairly being thrown. And after 10 months for this still to be on the tip of my tongue where I, I feel like I can talk about it, I thank you for giving me the outlet to do so. I didn't know you were going to go this route necessarily. I figured when you had Jason on and you had Greg on that we might mm-hmm. touch on this. And I probably said more than I thought that I would. But it actually feels better to be able to kind of talk about it a little bit um, because it's the truth. And there's nothing more justifying than be able to discuss the truth when there is a whole false narrative that was created back in the past. So thanks. To piggyback off of that, you should be able to do that. I, I joke around a lot. People know me as somebody that delivers gold jokes, of course, but some bad joke. I mean, I, I'm, I'm entertaining to some, but it is very important from a very professional perspective and opinion here that I wholeheartedly know the importance of processing trauma, processing past grief, processing things such as this. So if it, if people don't want to hear it, totally fine with that. But again, this is a, this is a personal thing. Uh, this is a personal thing for me to even do each and every week. So if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it how I enjoy it because this is very cathartic in ways for me too. That's why I have people like Ken Cromwell, one of my best friends on here, and I know he needs some of that resolution too. So uh, our apologies if you don't like this type of discussion. There are sure. plenty of podcasts that don't talk about this. But I, 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 Ken, you know, we've talked. I am not going to be someone I'm not. I'm just not going to do it. I'm the same way. If it gets five listens, I don't care. I, I enjoy doing this. I'm going to keep doing this. And if people listen, that's great. Uh, I love when people listen and offer feedback. But if not, I'm not losing any sleep over it. But I've become jaded in a lot of ways, too, though. So, And I, I want to be clear, too. I would never go out of my way to badmouth anybody that advocates pinball. But okay. when somebody has a platform and they use that to create a false narrative, I think it's completely within my right after 10 months to express my discontent with, with that whole situation. And I've done so today. So thank yeah. you. It shows how strong that was to begin with in the first place. I feel like I was on your couch there a little bit. I felt like we were doing... Uh... We were doing co-therapy there because I was laying right <laughs> alongside you, bud. Right. What, but there, uh, are, there are greater things and more interesting things probably to discuss these days. People want to know how in the hell you ended up working for a manufacturer. You go from podcaster that's loved by many to a pretty prominent and large role at a major pinball manufacturer. When and how did that happen? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a crazy, I mean, I guess it's not a crazy story, but I mean, for me, it was, and this is just for me, right? Because sure, yeah. I, I really Your felt that a little Cinderella story actually had a Cinderella ending for <laughs> me it. so far. So, and it was, uh, you know, working with uh, Bill, especially when lit and, and we would have these conversations. It's like, where do you see the podcast going? I mean, and, and I, I said from the beginning, I wasn't looking to use the podcast as a platform to get into the pinball industry, but I always thought to myself, hey, if a situation opened up because we kind of had established ourselves in our credibility and, uh, you know, shared a little bit of, of our backgrounds, mm-hmm. if a situation were to present itself where I could work in the industry, it would absolutely be something that I would consider. And long story short, when Jersey Jack Pinball, when I got word, they were relocating from Jersey to Elk Grove Village, which is 40 minutes from where I live. I 
thought, hey, what what could it hurt? Mm-hmm. And I reached out to two people, and that was uh, Jack Winery, who's the founder and uh, and part owner of Jersey Jack Pinball. And then I reached out to Eric Minier because I have established relationship with Eric. And I just said, hey, guys, look, if something comes up and you think that I'd be a good fit, I'd really like to have a sit down. I'd like mm-hmm. to have a conversation. And uh, and it just worked out where I was able to sit down. I was able to sit down with the uh, the Abbesses, Brett and Leonard, and we had dinner and Albert Valera who's the CFO there and Eric Minier and we had a dinner and they just kind of wanted to know a little bit about my background, you know, what I could offer to Jersey Jack pinball. And I was really selling myself, but I was so confident in it because it wasn't something that I was trying to figure out. What do I need to say? I knew what I wanted to say. And if that wasn't enough for them to understand that I'd be a benefit to the company, then no harm, no foul. But at least I knew that I spoke from the heart and as luck would have it, I, I got a call went on a second interview and everything went well. So I am, uh, I'm hired on as communication specialist over at JJP, you know, I'm part of the sales and marketing team over there. And Zach, it's been wild. It's been, it's been wild. I'm completely happy. I'm working with great people. I'm working at a, at a great company with great owners. Um, usually there's somebody at a job because uh, as, as nice as a guy as I think that I am, there's usually people that I don't click with. And I think that's just natural in humanity. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't find that problem at work. I guess if I did, I probably wouldn't call them out <laughs> on a podcast, oh, yeah. but, but honestly, it's just great. I, I love it. Well, I know just in talking with you, yeah, you, you do love the team over there. I'm excited about it. That's the thing, man, to work at, because I used to work in, uh, I worked from home for 13 years and I ran a business and the iron, the irony was I was hired on during the start of COVID. So yeah. when I was hired on, I was just when I got a job to work out of the house, I was asked to work from home. <laughs> so it's like, oh, I'm still here. You jumped in. What title were they uh, working on? Were they working on Guns and Roses at the time? Was that already yeah, kind of in sure. der- final age? Uh, where where was that at then? Yeah, Eric had Guns and Roses, and the team had Guns and Roses uh, pretty much wrapped up for the most part when I kind of came on board. And you know, I was getting my feet wet, just kind of figuring out some different marketing strategies for the current titles that were mm-hmm. in the library. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't really concentrating as much on Guns and Roses. Because we didn't have a definitive release date. You have to remember the company had moved its manufacturing from Jersey to Elk Grove Village because prior to that, we would have our design team was in Bensonville, Illinois. The manufacturing was in Lakewood, New Jersey. So to be able to bring the manufacturing with the design and engineering team all under one roof, I mean, the benefits of that might not sound important when you're discussing it in general, but when you see the benefits happening on a day-to-day basis, it's unbelievable. So to move that a, a was whole, during a global pandemic that that had happened during the COVID, which we're still, you know, enduring amazes yeah, me. that it's even running. And did it set some things back from a release schedule standpoint? I would imagine it did, but I, I mean, think, think so. about what happened. They set up manufacturing plant for pinball machines, got everything staffed. Um, right now we have, look, we're making machines as, as quickly, but, as safely as possible too, right? Because especially in Illinois, there's restrictions that are in place and we want to make sure that we're adhering, you know, not just to abide by what the state is asking us to do, but I mean, everybody's health is the most important thing. So to have that set up during pandemic and kind of see, and this is where I think it's cool to be able to see an empty building kind of grow a factory, be born to make pinball machines was amazing. In less than a year. In months. Yeah. I mean, in months. What is it like being a podcaster and getting feedback on the content that you create and transitioning into a job, Ken, where 
you were still providing creative content, advertising, marketing campaigns, some big, big, some people don't know this, but I'm going to, I'm going to say, you wouldn't say it some Mm -hmm. pretty big decision-making at times, uh, in this new role, but also similarly receiving feedback from the public. Is it similar? Is it different? Describe that feeling. It's, I mean, it, it is different just because, you know, back when I was creating my own content and doing it on my own time and on my own dime, you know, I can take feedback and do anything I want with the feedback. I mean, now it's any feedback that's received, you know, whether it be positive, uh, which it is for the most part, and maybe there's some negative here or there. I mean, it's something that you deal with on a case to case basis. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've always come from the background in any job that I've had. I mean, customer service is number one. The customer is always right. And uh, are they? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um, But you want to make sure you're taking care of the customer. Creating content is, and I think maybe this is from a time management standpoint, there's not as much time for me to create the content that I, as I want to create it. And that's because there's a lot of additional work that has to be done. So I think if, if there was one thing that I could wish for, it would be that I had a little bit more time and, uh, to get some things accomplished. I know that everybody that's working, um, they're taking their jobs home with them. I mean, work is almost a 24-7 thing right now just because mm-hmm. of the uncertainty of the schedules. Uh, the factory's running right now with no issues. But, you know, some of us that are in the office side of things are are in some days, out some days. Again, we're trying to keep everything uh, socially distant and uh, and safe. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, get, I wish I had a little bit more time for creative content. And I think that that's kind of my... My wish or my uh, resolution going into 2021 is to create more content for Jersey Jack Pinball while also fulfilling my obligations from, uh, you know, marketing and marketing side of things. Well, and we love it, too, because we've already seen the fruits of your labor uh, in the release of Guns N' Roses, as well as prior marketing uh, for some of the titles like Dialed In for Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and into the future now that we're post reveal and we're into production and sales. We've seen some of that content, a lot of that content come out uh, that you had a big part in. Boy, a fucking Guns N' Roses reveal though, that you helped orchestrate. You Come on, Ken, you've got to feel, people are still talking about it, that people are claiming that that was the single greatest release in, in, in pinball history. How do you, how do you oh, go from a so. podcaster? I know right. you're humble, but how do you go from a podcaster to receiving that type of feedback, that has got to feel unbelievable. I couldn't imagine. I I, I want to. I think it's important that I'm clear on this. Whereas I did play a small role in a lot of this rollout, there were so many different moving pieces, and there were so many incredible people that we were able to work with to kind of sure, collaborate sure. our efforts to be able to focus on an impactful campaign. And again, it goes back to I don't think any one person can do it all. And there shouldn't be one person that takes credit for it all. Sure, I so um, I, I want to say that first. But yeah, to, to say that the I mean, look, we've been having these conversations for years, right? How would we roll out yes, a pinball machine? We have. What would we do different? <laughs> what's effective? What's not as impactful as it could be? When, when I got hired on, I mean, that's where I wanted to kind of dig my nails in right away is I want to do. I, well, I wanted to do or take part in a reveal where we didn't maybe follow the status quo. And I think a lot of what we did was different. And, I, and I'm glad that the community, for the most part, was accepting of it and appreciated it because I certainly did. And I appreciated everybody's hard work. And I can't wait to see future reveals because there are things that we learned on this reveal. It's kind of like market research going into the next. Yeah. And for me, it's about 
not being content, always evolving, always trying to be better than the last. Because once you kind of get content, I think then you have to ask yourself, are you in the right situation? Is this the career that you want to be in? Mm -hmm. Are you doing a disservice by being content with what you've done? Um, so yeah, I know that we're hungry and lazy too. if you get too comfortable there and you're sure. never that way. You're sure. always ready for the next, ready to push harder, ready to push bigger. But that had to have, uh, that had to have felt good because as, as hobbyists, you and I would always brainstorm if we were given the crack at it, here's what we would do different. Here's what other people do. And geez, this just doesn't work. Why do they keep doing this? Well, maybe they are just really content and they don't have to worry about losing this opportunity but we tried uh kind of brainstorming what we would do different and i thought there once or twice we were going to get a crack at doing a reveal as as hobbyist you and i mm -hmm. uh we got close yeah we did um, get close uh <laughs> on two occasions for sure that i remember and that's a that's an off the record kind of story when you see us at a show but man i had to have felt good i was super proud of you just stepping in there being a part of that reveal process and it's selling a shit ton well, of products. This is in the share with you a little bit. And, uh, you know, and, and a little bit of the listeners here, there were some ideas that I was like, oh, this is going to be incredible. I can't wait to pitch this. Mm -hmm. And uh, and those we did, chose not to execute on the back end of things. And oh, at the time I was like, well, I wonder why we're not going to do this. But then as you kind of learn, because I don't know everything, obviously. Yeah, fresh. Um. I'm happy to learn from these people that have been established in the industry and what they expect. And, uh, you know, I think in every instance, something that I had recommended that was ultimately, you know, not chosen to uh, execute was the right call not to do so. So um, and that's cool, man, because, again, I'm taking this experience. I'm going to go into the next release and uh, and just have some fun with it. And it's not all about these pinball releases. Right. We got to make sure that we're keeping all of these titles in, in the conversation. And I think that's important, too. You guys can't build them fast enough. This, this from the outside, as a hobbyist, this appears like one hell of a hit for Jersey Jack Pinball. As a authorized dealer, I know this is one hell of a hit for Jersey Jack Pinball. From the industry perspective, are you guys happy with where the sales are for Jersey Jack Pinball's Guns and Roses? Yeah, I think without a doubt. Obviously, the companies, for the most part, they don't really disclose numbers, right? So we don't need to get into the, spe yeah. to the specifics. But yeah, I don't think there's any question that everybody's happy with the how, how well the game's been received. Really to kind of see a lot of behind the scenes with uh, you know Eric and the team over there. It's how they work towards this final game, which is still evolving with, with code and whatnot. It, it's amazing to see. It's like a symphony. And all these guys work so very hard. And I can't say that enough. When I walked in, I walked into what I thought was uh, one of the most, if not the most impactful pinball machine that I've ever seen from an enthusiast side of things. I had to take a step back because then I thought to myself, well, am I just excited because I'm working in the industry and I'm drinking this Kool-Aid mm -hmm. and I'm seeing this game and maybe I've got blinders on and I kicked that around for a little while. But every single time I came back because I've had a prototype here, a Guns N' Roses, uh, not in this lifetime, oh, a prototype cool here I like this. since like May. So, I mean, <laughs> I've been playing this game for nine months and with other games in my collection, I find myself still after nine months coming back to Guns N' Roses. And it's because it offers you what I think is so very important in a pinball machine. And that are the pinball moments. I've been talking about pinball moments mm -hmm. since I've been blue in the face since yep. uh, July 4th weekend, 2018, when we launched Special One Lit. It's one of the games where if you've got your friends coming over 
or you've got family to come over or even people that don't aren't even in the pinball. You're like, come here. I want to show you this. I'm going to start a song and I want you to watch this game. And it's just jaw dropping every single time. And this is no joke, right? I still step up to that game and I'll start a song and I'll still get adrenaline and chills playing it because it's just, it's amazing. The game is amazing. It's so exciting to have one of your best friends in the industry because you know how good they are for the industry. That's one of the first things. Well, that's nice of you to say, man. Assuming you're discussing, (laughs) assuming you're talking about me. Talking about Um, Joe Katz. Yeah, right, right. No, I messaged Joe Katz Eric is awesome. when this. Joe's one of my guys over there. I love Joe, Joe. Katz and uh, JT Harkey. They're in the they're in their back office, and uh, you know when I need to come in for my pinball therapy every couple of days, those are the guys I go back and I lay on their couch. They talk me through it. So J- JT Harkey training up. I messaged Eric, and I was like, "Oh, so you guys may not notice it now, but you're going to look back at hiring Ken Cromwell, and you're going to be very, very happy with that decision." Uh, and I think they already, they already are. Is there anything that you can share? You've talked about having a prototype for a long time. Such a mm-hmm. cool story. Anything else you can share, Ken, that was very eye opening coming from the hobbyist experience, anything just unbelievably eye opening or, or, or just beside yourself moment where you're like, holy shit. Yeah. I mean, there's probably been several of those. I mean, just to go back to something as simple as manufacturing a pinball machine right we always hear pinball is hard pinball is hard pinball is hard Mm -hmm. pinball is super hard i mean when i see what is going on on a daily basis it really gave me another level of appreciation for any company that can get a game out Mm -hmm. it's not something where you're going to decide to make a game and in a couple weeks you're going to set up manufacturing and games are flying out the door it's just it just isn't going to happen like that and if it does then you need to patent that manufacturing because it's it's something that i can't even grasp Manufacturing is very, 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 very uh, intricate, very complicated to the point where you just wonder who in their right mind tries to manufacture these things and, right. and get them out the door. But so that was probably the most surprising thing. And it's really cool, man, to be able to step outside of my office at any point during the day and be able to hit the manufacturing floor and kind of walk through. I, I remember back in the day. Um, well, back in the day, it wasn't that long ago. I would, uh, you know, Dwight Sullivan would invite us in. I go in the Stern pinball and, you know, I'd been to Stern so many different times, but every single time we would go in Stern, Dwight would be like, Hey, do you want to take a tour? And never once did I say no, because it always fascinated me when I went on those tours. Yeah. And I always really appreciated that. But now to be able to tour at a company, which I work for and see, you know, that same level of intricacy and, in complexity and just see it working every single day, seeing games boxed, going into uh, trucks or containers and going out the door. That's super amazing. Being able to, to get involved in Guns N' Roses as I came in was, I mean, could, could it have been any luckier than that? No um, joke. Could you have gotten a better title? Woof. No. And you know what? And the thing is this, being able to work with uh, the band members of Guns N' Roses, <laughs> uh, their management, agents, publicists, et cetera, to be able to see that side of the industry with licensing or and, even and the music industry. Yeah. I, I mean, there are things that are happening where you're like, wow, I never would have thought that or wow, I didn't consider that or, oh, that's how that works or the, oh, that's why that decision is being made. Again, huge eye-opening experience. It kind of really gives me another way to appreciate how licenses are obtained, how rights to use different things are being negotiated. It's it, That side of the industry is amazing. Being able to spend a whole day with, uh, you know, I'll tell you a quick story. You, you got a second or no? No, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm here, here, buddy. I'm sitting on the mat. I love this shit. So, you know, Eric 
Minier and Slash spoke daily and they still speak all the time when they were kind of coming up with ideas and different ways to implement parts of aspect of code or modes. And, you know, early on in the design process, Slash had input with Eric. And then to at one point, just kind of get used to Eric being like, yeah, I, I got to let me let you go, man. I got to jump on with Slash. I mean, that's just kind of a weird um, sentence to hear. Yeah. But then just to kind of get used to that. And then at, at some point, being in the mix with Slash was really uh, fun. I've never been anybody that's been real starstruck with celebrities, so to speak, because a lot of times celebrities and professional athletes, they tend to let you down. So you yeah. and you kind of have this preconceived idea of how somebody's going to be or how they're going to react or how they're going to treat you. You know, I was given a call and they're like, listen, Slash is going to be in the building on such and such date. Uh, we'd appreciate it if, you know, when he comes in, if you can escort Slash from the vehicle and bring him in to here. And if you could set up this area. And then I was setting up a media area because we had local media, national media that was coming into the factory to interview Slash because we were promoing the game to be able to organize or help organize the media and their schedules, escort them in, introduce them to Slash, be able to kind of oversee what was going on, what was being discussed in those interviews was was interesting, escorting media out, bringing the next media in. Watching Slash conduct himself with Eric so professionally, and they were so accepting the interest in answering the questions. Mm. And I thought it was genuine because Slash is very excited about pinball. He's an enthusiast about pinball, and to have this game being made with him as a co-designer i can only imagine it doesn't get any better than that in pinball and then afterwards kind of seeing slash hanging out with the staff and genuinely liking to be in the factory amongst the whole team that helped create the game and he digs this stuff yeah i mean and i think maybe slash's regret was you know after spending a good part of the day that he did have another obligation and, and he left and uh i mean we were all very grateful of the time that he spent there but I also think he was grateful of the time that he was able to spend there. And, you know, he's not a stranger to JJP. This isn't his first time coming out. So uh, we expect to see Slash again in the future. And every time he comes, he's going to be a welcome guest. It's just it's very fun. Oh, I'm going to just walk in your shoes one day. Well, make sure you pick the day because they're not all good. <laughs> <laughs> At work, they're all good. But Hopefully you're size 12. I think I am. See? There we go. The match made we can trade shoes. We'll do uh, shoe swaps. Yeah, to me, can it, I, I cannot wait to see what the next 6, 12 months have in store for Jersey Jack Pinball because it really feels like there's something special going on over there. And it feels young. It just feels like a, a young movement over there ever since you know changing locations from Jersey to Chicago. I'm really pumped for it. And I know that you are as excited as I would be in that position because of how much love and respect you have for this industry. I want to do well by it. I did see this last week, I loved this, on the JJP social media, Facebook, et cetera, mm -hmm. several happy holiday greetings ah, yeah. from different faces of Jersey Jack. That was that was nicely done. Yeah, that's uh, we had some fun with that. You know, going into a holiday, you, don't, you probably, you know, is that the time they're really market heavy on Christmas Day when people are spending time with their families? And, you know, I think a lot of what you would probably post on Christmas, other than why you know, your general Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays message might get lost. But I don't know. I thought it was really important for us to have these staff members that are working so hard every single day. They're part of this team. Uh, to be able to to kind of jump on and put a little bit of a name with a face. And what better time to do that than on uh, Christmas Eve, right before we head into Christmas. So uh, that was fun. And we had those posts that went up every single hour. I think if we had more time, there's something else that I would have done with that. And maybe uh, I'll be able to implement that next time. But Always yeah, thinking. I appreciate that you called attention to that because 
I mean, it was really, really fun. And all those people are great people. And the hobbyist in me and, and people, people listening can relate. We like to hear the human aspect of some of these creators and what they're doing specifically to get us the products and the machines that we love so much. So sure. uh, I really enjoyed that. My only critique would be, damn it, I'm going to come in there because your humble pie is way too big. I'm going to take some pictures and do some damn pieces on you too. You're <laughs> no. always be- behind hey, I, the scenes pushing I that. Was, I'm like, uh, where's Ken? I, I photobombed you a little bit or video bombed you. Now, when you guys came in, and I thought this was cool too, I wanted to talk about this because when the game was launched, we had that uh, promotional video that went out by uh, Element, Element Studios yep. or Element Studio. Um, Alex Manning over there and the team. Unbelievable job. And that was they killed it. Yeah. such a huge first impact for the game for people to kind of see that high energy concert style video quick mm-hmm. hits. Um, it did a, it, it did exactly what it was supposed to do. And in my opinion, probably the most epic pinball uh, promotional first impression video of all time. Yeah, it's hard to argue that. Right. I also want to call in, to attention what you and Greg did coming in from straight down the middle, because you guys offered more of a personal interest featurette of the game. And it was about what, 20 minutes, 22 minutes long. Yeah, we wanted to catch the mood of the product and the people making it. From the very opening, you can tell that you put a lot of time into it, but like you do with with most of your stuff, because I know sometimes you're on quick deadlines, but you can never tell because they all look, you know, outstanding. That featurette was one of my most favorite things that I've ever seen in pinball ever. I thought that it not only highlighted and showcased the machine in a way that, you know, we were very appreciative of, but then to see the faces behind the game, discuss the game and their roles and the way in which you created that um, was unbelievable. I know we were very uh, pleased with that, appreciative of that. There's no doubt in my mind that uh, that generated enough interest where somebody that was considering buying the machine after seeing that, I don't know how you don't consider buying the game. So, you know, for that, thank you very, very much, because that makes you know, my job, very easy to be able to post something like, you know, a promotional video from uh, Alex Manning or your featurette with yourself and Greg Bone. Incredible. And to have those in tandem was like a huge one-two punch, letting yeah, the world know, hey, good. this game's here. It's special. You're going to want to know about more about it. It just felt sure. good getting, uh, I tried to put my vision of the first time stepping up and playing that and, and experiencing a song in the light show and having my friends being some of the creators. I wanted to my vision was put all of that emotion. I'm very emotionally based. Many of you know. I wanted to tie all of that emotion uh, into a piece that you see and hear. And I, yeah, I, we we were very proud of it. And I thank you. I thank you for that. We have. Oh, I thank you for that. Like um, that. Even I from just, the very beginning, like I was getting ready to grab the Kleenex. I'm watching Eric Minier propose to his wife in a clip. I'm like, what oh the my, heck is yeah. going on here? Where is this going to go? Uh, and yeah. for those of you that want to watch the video, go to Straight Down the Middle, a pinball show on YouTube oh, and look for that featurette because like, it's got a ton of views. It went over extremely well. And again, it's one of the most cool pieces that I've ever seen done in pinball. So you guys well, killed it. And I think that uh, if we're talking about pinball marketing and, and production uh, and sales, that's one of the things that Greg and I, part of the Straight Down the Middle, when, when we're pitching companies to cover things is is just that. Production companies like Element, they they slay. They have a team. They they do things in a way that no hobbyist is typically going to be able to do them. Well, they are working um, on a little bit more of a budget than you probably yeah, are. They, so. <laughs> I, I will say that. I will paid, say that. Yeah, yeah. They can pay. Right. So, of course. But Greg and I always talk about what can we provide in video production, uh, cinematography. What can we provide that even the biggest studios are going to struggle with? And that is knowledge of the product. We're obsessed with it. Right. Nobody's going to love pinball more than 
no company is going to love it more than us. And emotion. We're emotionally tied to this product. We know what it's like to share with people the big moments of the big experiences. So I think that some of these big production companies at times, they, they miss out on that uh, because they don't know pinball as intimately as we do. So I'm just glad that, uh, that p- people experienced what we did creating it. So that was a lot of fun. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I would agree. I mean, and coming into this position and working with this company, I always think to myself, because I'm not far removed from not working at a pinball company. So it's easy for me to remember Absolutely. what I would appreciate if a game was launched, what I would like to see, how I would like to see it covered, how I would like to see it explained. And that's where, again, and I said this earlier, one single person can't do all that. You have no. to know what kind of a team you're going to assemble and you have to know how you're going to work with these people. And again, to go back to something as cliche as passion, it makes a difference because somebody that understands the impact and understands the emotions that's involved in these games, those are the people that you want creating your content. Not somebody that's looking to, uh, you know, put something out there because they want to get some numbers or some likes or some, li- I mean, it, you need people yeah. that are passionate about it. And you need uh, somebody that cares about showcasing it for the best interest of company rather than themselves. For sure. And there's a wise man that once told me, Ken, that, uh, you can't buy that type of pen. Yeah. <laughs> Who was that? That guy sounds just, familiar. Sounds like a good guy. Yeah. He sounds said like something guy. about paved roads and hell or something. I missed that one, but right. You can't buy that kind of passion. shout out Bill Webb. There he is. Bill Webb. Bill we Webb. love you, Webby man. We love you. It's not a liver or a kidney, bro. Come on. <laughs> it's not. And one of the things just selfishly that I want to bring up and, and hopefully the listeners are seeing this type of stuff is that Jersey Jack pinball did not shy away from allowing some of the, those who they trust and respect in the community to come in to experience and, and to help share their excitement with this product. Not all manufacturers do that. It's very closed door, but uh, we've worked with Jersey Jack for quite a while now. And JJP is not afraid to say, Hey, we know these guys, we trust these guys. Uh, We respect them. It's okay. They can, they can come in and share with our excitement of what we're creating over here. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of companies are pretty confident that they can handle all that kind of stuff in house. I get that too. And listen, I don't want to tell you too much because I I would love to keep you all for ourselves at JJP. <laughs> so, yes. uh, they're not that great guys, but they're, they're decent <laughs> enough for, uh, for us, I suppose. But when you go into something and I think we're similar in this respect, also, you're just kind of all in and you're ready to make it as big and as you oh, can. Yeah. And, uh, that's what I appreciate. That's why I like working with you. If you're going to do it, you gotta do it. Right, right. Assuming you, you have the time, though. I mean, I've seen you work on some really crazy deadlines with some massive video editing, and I don't know how you do it. Um, if you don't have time, you don't sleep. I and mean, that's a lot of precious hours. I don't know there, that you do that sleep. You're and according to my aura ring, I don't sleep well when I think I'm sleeping, so I might as well just stay up. My aura ring actually burned me. There's a big <laughs> ring that, around is that what my it is? finger. Yeah. Where did it burn you? Your finger, right? It's just a burn. It's just a, right. a, a solid burn. We could do this all day, but let's let's transition a little bit into... Probably stuff you don't want to hear, the stuff I have to talk about, and that is... What you got? What's coming up? Well, some of the stuff that comes up with every manufacturer. Okay. People want to know that when they're spending money, they're getting what they're spending their money for. It's all... It's tough to put prices on things. I'm always going to understand that. Uh, But you have these big, beautiful Jersey Jack pinball machines. Sometimes, in-house, are you guys frustrated when you hear people say things like, oh my God, this is six months ago. Oh my God, where are these machines at? Why can't you build these machines? Is that hard to hear? Or do you, how do you sit with questions like that? Or sure. Because people are, the pinball hobby and the hobbyist community 
are very vocal in a lot of ways. Uh, so you hear things like, where in the hell's my GNR? Why aren't you making CEs yet? Where, what, what's the deal? What's the holdup? Do you not have parts? What, how do you deal with that? Well, I mean, all you can do is really listen and you have to take what's being said and use it as feedback. And then you use that feedback to see what you can do about it. Um, I, I can say that it, it's not that it's frustrating. It's just that you kind of wish that maybe somebody could see something from the other side. And then at that point, the argument is, well, why isn't there more transparency? And it's not that the transparency is something that we're trying to pull from people. But a lot of times we're, we're trying to figure out what's going to be the best way to approach something or what's what's going to be a schedule for this out of the other thing. I think the last thing that you want to do is you want to say something. Because what happens is when you say something, it can be perceived as as a promise. There's so many variables yeah. right now. And yeah. if you have to pivot for some reason at the last minute, it looks like you didn't fulfill an obligation that you kind of laid out there. So I think that's where kind of uh, some of those issues arrive. But I mean, I can say that uh, we make games as quickly and as safely as possible, but I can also put myself in their shoes because... I think I was probably that impatient person on releases prior for yeah. different companies too. It's just it's just one of those things. So the, the nice thing is this, and you can take this to the bank, so to speak. If you ordered a game from us, you're definitely getting your game. And I think that's, that's important true. to know that's that true. you will get a game when you put down that deposit and you pay for that game. So that's nice. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, that's the greatest peace of mind, in my opinion. I think, uh, yeah, I, I think I was asking it softly and nicely there, uh, but I'm going to ask it quite bluntly. Ken... Where's my fucking Guns N' Roses collector's edition? <laughs> the collector yeah. editions. I know. I wish I could jump in on a collector Sorry. edition. Those collector <laughs> editions um, went <sighs> ridiculously fast. Are. Where's my CE, Ken? You know, we never want somebody to not be able to get a collector edition. I mean, you have to understand that. There's no uh, decision where we're like, ah, we're happy that you know we have people <laughs> that didn't get a collector edition. So I think it's important, though, you know, with that number of 500 games, it... it actually keeps it collectible so did you think hold up did you really think though as a dealer as a hobbyist as just a lover of pinball mm-hmm. i didn't i i knew they would sell out i i actually i really strongly thought that the collector's edition and guns and roses would sell out i think i underestimated how quickly though i think everybody did i think that's fair i know that and this, again, this went into me. Am I just kind of on cloud nine and I'm taking everything in and everything's awesome and mm-hmm. nothing's bad. But when I saw the game and I knew how unique it was, uh, I thought for sure that we were going to sell out of the collector editions. That, did I think that they would sell out as fast? I don't know that I really gave it a timeline. I just knew that we were going to sell out of the game. And uh, and I think there was a lot of confidence that, you know, internally as well, that this was something special and that we would sell out of the game. But it's like, it's almost as if like in a blink of an eye, uh, that collector edition was gone. It was like, <laughs> so, wow, whoa. it's, it's, it's amazing how quickly that, uh, you didn't have, you guys didn't have time to manage how to, how to distribute. And so, uh, like, it was, it was a flurry. Yeah. I'm not flurry. on that side of things. So I don't really know what was going through everybody's head, but it's a huge undertaking to fill orders too. Right. I mean, you're taking information, you, you, you're taking deposits and then there's the fulfillment of the game and setting up the shipping. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a whole, a whole nother thing involved in pinball that, Probably a lot of people take for granted. I think in a situation now where, I mean, we're so used to being able to want something, desire something, and be able to go on a computer and and check out on an online cart and then usually have it in our possession Amazon in like two days. Like man, two days. So when something goes past a couple of days or a couple of weeks or even a couple of months, it almost becomes uh, where it's like, hey, this is, this is completely out of line. But uh, these pinball machines are made with care. They take time. And uh, 
Got to manufacture as quickly but as safely as possible. And I can say this, you know, we continue to kind of perfect our craft from the manufacturing side of things. So we're getting more and more efficient just about every single day. So games are cranking out and they ship every single day. Yeah. And you will get your game. That is a guarantee. Do we have any, I don't even know if what you're allowed to answer and what you're not. Yeah. I don't talk to you as I just, your friend. So what is the update on production is what's on the line right now? What's coming up? Like, can you talk about that at all? Yeah, I don't, I don't know that I know the exact timeline. I know that what I believe is happening and again, take it for what it's worth because I'm not involved in, uh, in those meetings per se, but I know that Ellie's were on the line, uh, going into the holiday. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine that, I mean, CEs can't be very far off. So for those of you that are waiting on those CEs, I would anticipate some pretty good news here coming up uh, early first quarter as far as getting those things going. I'm guessing, and I'm not informed, I'm less informed, but I'll give you guys, I'll give you guys a, uh, a guess of January. We'll see some CEs on the line. That's my guess. Yeah, I, ho- I hope that to be the case. Again, that's not anything that I'm involved as far as decision making, but uh, okay. listen, from somebody that's monitoring our social media, there's nothing I would appreciate more than having some CEs on the line. So, and I'm excited for everybody to get those things because when the unboxings start on those CEs, I think it's just going to create another level of hype and, uh, I'm excited to see it. Everybody deserves to get these games. Hey, you know, what would be a good idea? Um, if I get a CE ready to unbox it, I should unbox it with my buddies up in Chicago. Oh, that would be fun. And, and I like your style. That? Yeah, absolutely. Because it'll probably be the only CE I'll ever see unboxed because we <laughs> sold them all. But like, again, staff, we can't even buy CEs. So yeah, I would love to unbox the CE. The CE is an incredible package. And mm-hmm, uh, it sure is. It's again, I've talked about how special it is and, and that sort of thing. But the, uh, the collector edition is amazing. Once CEs roll out, they know that big rush and need for LE. So they will be running as many as fast as they can. Uh, whenever, whenever the CEs in the run, but I believe last time I talked to, uh, operations and executives of JJP, they said that they still plan on running all of the CEs in one big run. They're getting, getting through that 500. So unless that has changed, once CEs get on the line and off the line, we will start seeing LEs plentifully. So. Yeah. And, and at first for those of you, cause I do get a lot of messages, um, on social media or through social media and people asking what the delivery timelines are, what's going on with my game, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's fine. I get it. Right. Uh, I would say this, the quickest way to find out what's going on with your game is always going to be going through your distributor first. Thanks, Ken. I'm sorry, but it's just, <laughs> no, it's just I'm the joking. case it's true, um, yeah. because of the company, we're going to tell the distributors what's going on with their allotments when we know what's going on with the allotments at that time. So, and if the distributor is coming back to you saying, well, they're not telling me anything, it's because we don't have definitive information to relate yep. to the distributor. But in just about every case that I can think of the distributor, if you order through a distributor is going to be the person that's going to get that information first. Uh, because I mean, distributors are our direct customers also. I mean, you guys are, are, we want to make sure that we're taking care of you guys. So we should keep you in the know. Uh, and at that point, once, uh, that information is relayed to distributors, uh, you know, it's something that trickles down to me and then I will usually post something online and I try to let people know what's on the line, you know, Hey, Ellie's are on the line. Uh, SEs are on the line. And uh, I'm looking forward to the posts talking about the CEs that are going to be on the line soon. All right, Ken, you're my best friend. I love you, buddy. But, um, I'm going to ask, I have to ask. A lot of new pinball machines in the last couple of years I've been in have been showing some clear coat issues on play fields. I wouldn't be doing my job, not, not that this pays a whole <laughs> hell of a lot, but it wouldn't be my my due diligence as a pinball media. Why don't you ask them about the play ah, fields right, and right, right, right. creating a word okay. show for yourself? So 
I've had it happen on some of my Jersey Jacks. I've had it happen on some of my Sterns. I've had it happen on some of my Spooky Pinballs. I'm being fair here in that it seems like every manufacturer um, has seen some playfield issues. Is Jersey Jack aware of any playfield issues that have happened on any of their titles before? And are they doing what they can do to remedy any issues that do? Come oh, up? sure. I mean, for my, I think of myself, right? Cause I'm a collector and I'm an yeah, enthusiast. Yeah. And when I get a game, the games cost a lot of money. And I'm probably one of the people that really go over my game with, with a fine comb, so to speak. I'm looking for any imperfections. You're I am very, picky very one. picky. So picky. when something like that arises, yeah. I can put myself in anybody's shoes and, and, and you think to yourself, all right, I want to make sure that that this isn't something that I need to be concerned about with my game. So I can confidently say that like any isolated issues that have been brought to our attention or are currently happening or have been or are being addressed. Okay. We obviously okay. care about the quality of the play fields and the games and, and exceeding the expectations of the customers is, is what we want to do. We want, we don't want to just come in and, and meet expectations. We want to exceed those, those expectations. But I want people to know I care about like the same exact things that our buyers care about. So none of that gets swept under the rug where I totally respect your question and uh, I don't blame you for asking it. I can confidently say that everything's good to go. Anytime I've had something and I'll give Stern a lot of credit as well as Jersey Jack. Anytime I've had something come up on a customer's playfield issue or uh, my personal playfields, if I've had an issue and I have uh, and customers have, there's not one time that I would say, no, honestly, not one time has it not been addressed and fixed. So yeah, shit happens. Listen, if you have happens. any issues with yeah. anything, I mean, we've got really good customer service, as you were just saying. Uh, you got Barry, you've got Ken, yeah, absolutely. you've got Steve, all those guys, help desk, IT. We're going to take care of you as a customer. Uh, the last thing that we want to do is is make you feel like you're left high and dry. So if anything comes up, contact us, reach out to us, give us first the opportunity, to, you know, correct it for you. You guys will be okay. And in your opinion, Jersey Jack is aware of how important play field quality is to the collector community. Oh, sure. And listen, look, it's not just the play fields. It's the overall experience of the games. I mean, they're good. If something is identified when somebody opens up a game and it's not up to their expectations, it's not because we decided, hey, you know, we're going to cut a corner or you know what? It's just just deal with it. It is what it is. That's not it at all. We want to give the customer, the buyer, the premier experience. I think that these pinball machines are luxury items. Like I almost consider us like a, a luxury brand of pinball. Mm -hmm. I don't know that. And, and again, not bad mouthing anybody that's building or manufacturing pinball. I don't know anybody that puts as much into our games as we do. I think people would agree on that. So believe me, it's yeah. uh, if there's anything that is questionable, uh, bring it to our attention. And I promise you that, that we're, we're going to take care of you. Yeah. And reach out to your dealers. If you've went through a dealer, reach out to us if you're having some issues, because we want to see it resolved as well. We we know that everybody's spending good money on these things and we want uh, we want you guys to be happy with your purchase. And I want to be happy. With I think it would be impossible so, to yeah. manufacture thousands and thousands of games a year without something coming up at some point on some machines. And uh, and that's why we have customer service. Yeah. That's why we're able to take care of that stuff. So don't hesitate to reach out. Very nice. I appreciate you. Uh, uh, I appreciate you actually answering. No, but again, I, I understand this. the importance of those issues. Like, and, and it's, it's something that I am a stickler about personally. So if at any point I thought that there were things weren't being addressed and I just wouldn't feel comfortable representing a company that, that wasn't taking care of the customers and we're absolutely taking care of the customers. hundred percent. I'm sweating here. I'm going to wipe <laughs> off my sweat. <laughs> Woo, baby. Look at us, Ken. Woo. Did you, did you think a year ago? As we were, you know, best buds talking, hanging out, did you think 
we would be doing what we're doing now. No, 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 no. Well, yeah, I thought we would be doing what we were doing just on the pinball show. (laughs) Seriously, (laughs) uh, every single week. It's wild to think about, though, man. When you're passionate and you put in the good work and that it it pays off. It it was great, again, to be given the opportunity. And and I'll say this, too. I I was having this conversation, I think, with Greg uh, a week or two ago. Mm Mm-hmm. Quite honestly, I don't know that I'd be in this position had we not had met because without you kind of giving me some invitations to podcast with you early on, I don't know that any of this kind of happens. So for what it's worth, man, thank you very much. So to you as well. Thank you very much. So hopefully we'll get to hang out soon enough once the world goes back to normal. So we can't hang out right this second, but people can tune in today, Monday, if you're listening on Monday, uh, the December 28th, you're going to be making your appearance back on the flipping out pinball streaming channel. Oh, my old stomping grounds. I'm going through memory lane here between the pinball show and now flipping out. You're going to be giving away some cool GNR swag. It's our farewell tour for now for the GNR standard that they have. Uh, I think we might be getting in a C for them to play once they'll start rolling. So we've got some fun stuff from JJP in the future, but you're going to be appearing live with BD man. And Bill Webb. That's it. And giving away some really cool stuff, listener Ken Cromwell. Well, in on fairness, of in Jersey fairness, I'll be bringing the swag. You guys will be giving it away. I don't want to be okay. responsible yeah. for giving out, <laughs> giving away the swag. Sure. It's an undertaking to give that stuff away and, and oh, get it shipped it out. I'm so. still, yeah. still needing to ship out the other stuff that you were kind enough to give us. There you go. But a lot of that going an, around. Don't worry. You have an autograph slash poster. Yes. Which is unbelievable. I, sometimes I'm like, man, I, I don't even want to be a part of this so I can win. Uh, assigned upper play field by Eric Menier and more. So check out December 28th live. It's usually around 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, Twitch.tv slash flip in out pinball for the gang to get back together. God, you sl- do. That's the other thing Talk about innovation. You bring it everywhere you go on the flipping out pinball stream. When you uh, were the host of that, each and every Monday night pinball, you brought something that the streaming pinball world was not used to. Oh, what was that? You bought a fully produced studio show where you had guests, you had industry innovators come in and creators. You were giving away stuff. You were doing a talk show. You were doing gameplay. You were doing it all. And now we're seeing a lot more of that. Yeah, and that's good. I don't know if I had anything to do with that. I think it probably is the natural progression uh, from pinball streaming or pinball entertainment. But yeah, I mean, and I think this goes back to what you said earlier and where you kind of, uh, your ideology is on, on covering the industry is it's, it's showcasing the people that are making the games that we enjoy. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whenever we had done that, whenever we had studio guests in, you know, from all the different manufacturers, it was great to sit down and talk to them while the game was being played. And really focus on what they brought to the game and, you know, maybe some problems or some things that they added to the game to make it different. Those are the stories people want to hear. And speaking of pushing the markers forward in pinball, let's transition over to our next story that was hot off the press this week. Enough of all the positivity. Let's talk about some negative crap. Hey, there we go. So it felt like. Thanks for having me on, man. It was good to be back. Uh, So something big dropped this week that I had the privilege of being a part of. The Pinball Industry Awards was announced Mm. uh, by by myself and Dennis Creasel and all of the other wonderful, hardworking people over at TPN. David Dennis, Jesse J, George Fisher, Joshua J. I could keep going. Uh, But Creasel and I, and to a larger extent, see, this is where I pull you into it, Ken, so you can take some heat. (laughs) 
it's like, hey, I'm, I'm not associated with TPN anymore. Why am I? Why am I in here? So there's a new awards show. Okay. A new ceremonial awards uh, celebration, and I had been thinking about this ever since kind of exiting from the Twippies. I was a co-creator of that. And even prior to the Twippies, kind of thinking, ever since I got into pinball, I'm, I'm creating, I'm wanting to create. Listener, you guys know this. I'm taking chances. Pinball, cribs, we've got, I mean, I'm trying to do everything. So I thought it would be really cool to create uh, an industry award show that also celebrates and commemorates all of these hard workers in the industry uh, for something that we love. It's like, I sit back and I'm like, what's the, it's the least I can do to, you know, drum up some content, if that's what I'm good at, creating some content to... Uh, to showcase some of these, some of these creators and designers, and and even the media side, and and even machines for that. Yeah, matter. right. The so, uh, that's the Hall of Fame thing, right? That you had set up. Yeah, yeah that's, yeah. that's so a really we, good idea. So we kind of been thinking about it as a grander idea, and then Dennis and I have been brainstorming, working on it for the last couple of months. If you guys listen to the special announcement episode of the Pinball Show, you you know a lot of the details surrounding the Pinball Industry Awards, uh, but they are occurring January. 28th that is really coming up man yeah award show january bam bam no waiting there you short go deadline for and you as usual i think you work best under the pressure of a short deadline though i actually do I, I believe it um and uh so we announced that we got some mixed feedback as we do if i'm attached to anything um unfortunately i wanted to talk about the good and the bad of it the good is that we're not hurting anybody and we're celebrating pinball i'm very proud of that that's and, always nice when you're doing something and it's not hurting anybody else. But obviously, you're going to make a couple million bucks on this award <laughs> show, I'm sure, right? Because this sounds like a real lucrative so. move for you. Oh, yeah. Right, well, let me tell right, you. Right. Why am I, I? Sometimes I wake up and I'm like, why are you, Zach? Why are you doing it's this? It's because show? you're addicted to this thing that we call pinball, man. And you put, you go all know. in. I get it. I See, I understand it. You get it. I do get it. You get it. Explain that to some of these people. And we have good feedback overall. People are really excited about this and the ways we're going about it. We try to create an award show for you listener and you viewer that you guys are going to be able to experience in addition to other award shows that are out there to make sure we're not stepping on any toes or doing something we shouldn't do. We want to make sure that it fits nicely in the puzzle piece of uh, awards acknowledgements for the year or for whatever whatever pinball is producing that particular year. Right. So we focused on the, the critics picking the awards. I wonder how similar the critics and the, the so-called experts are with picking the best of for the year in uh, in pinball machines compared to the general public that we get uh, that is highly celebrated through the Twitter. See, that, that's, so where I, that's where it really piques my interest is if you had mm -hmm. another, uh, say, straight people's choice awards, I don't know that that makes a lot of sense to do that, but to kind of approach an awards show from a different angle and getting a different perspective, I think it actually is a good idea. Personally, I, I like it. I enjoy it because I, I do like to see where a panel of judges would go ahead and uh, vote on something versus uh, a fan type award system. So both are warranted. Both are great. And I can see where um, both can coexist and mingle appropriately. Sure. So. Sure. There's there's an Academy Awards. There's a Golden Globes. There's a People's Choice. Every damn industry has multiple awards. for them. Well, some part. would argue so that, with that. Well, pinball's too small. We really don't need all these award shows, but I haven't heard that 12 times. I know. And, and I guess I can, I guess what's the harm of it? I mean, what do you have to lose if you just have a different perspective uh, from voting? That's kind of where I look at it. I, it. It appeals to me because it is intriguing to see what, again, I just said this, what a panel would uh, select versus a People's Choice Award. Like I said, we, we did a, did so in the most transparent, objective, and respectful way as possible. I did want to update the listeners prior to announcing 
uh, the Pinball Industry Awards, uh, we did reach out to a couple of manufacturers, give them a heads up at a, at a professional courtesy that that we intended on doing this. Jersey Jack was one of them, and you guys uh, were excited and supportive, as was Stern Pinball, uh, you know, as was American Pinball, et cetera, et cetera. The response so so far has been overwhelmingly positive. There has been some negative stuff. You know how it is. Anytime you get something negative, it's really loud. I don't understand the negativity from. I mean, you're essentially you're giving additional opportunities for people to be recognized for their efforts in pinball. So in in that aspect, I I don't see the harm in it at all. And it's last I checked, are you charging for tickets or how is that working? Nope, no charging for tickets. It's a free program. And here's the other thing that I was trying to explain to people. If you loathe this entire idea, if you think that I'm uh, the devil reincarnate that is trying to shove uh, products down your throat in efforts to take your money without you knowing, that sounds crazy, y'all, but there's people out there that believe it. You don't have to tune in. It's it's not a requirement. Exactly. <laughs> and, well, in a second so, awards show okay. is not for everybody. I get it. Uh, Sure. The, the Twippies are there. They're established. Uh, you help co-create the Twippies. So. And, the, and I learned they weren't for everybody. For sure. Yeah, and you're absolutely correct. It's a very easy thing for you to just make the call that, hey, I'm not really interested in this. I'm probably not going to follow this. I probably won't watch it. That's that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's okay. I, don't, I guess I don't get some of the, uh, the, the crazy hysteria when a second award show comes out. And that's just me coming from a pinball enthusiast standpoint. I can't really think of anything that somebody offered the community in a way to help celebrate the community that like upset me where I had to kind of be vocal and go crazy about it. Yeah. And I'm, and actually I'm thinking about that right now. Is there anything in your mind that has happened in, I don't know, recently in the last five, 10 years where you just flipped out over it? No. When, when, nope. Okay. When intentions unless, were there, unless something is causing harm. Right. Nope. Nope. More of something that I love is a good thing. And if I don't like it, I just don't participate or tune in. But no, I want to give everybody an update from the initial announcement. Uh, There are some deadlines coming up, though, that are important uh, to keep in mind. We do have Hall of Fame voting. That includes you, listener. This is a blast. It's so much fun. I just filled out mine yesterday. And what you get to do, you get to vote for who gets inducted into the 2020 class of the Pinball Machine Hall of Fame. It's super simple. You go to the pinballindustryawards.com. George Fisher has been our webmaster. He has put so much work and time into that um, that I just, I, I really hope you go over and just take a look at it. We've, we've thought out everything. We try to make it as consumable as we can for you guys uh, to enjoy. You just click on a link. It goes to a survey monkey uh, survey and you just pick your machine you'd like to see inducted out of each era. You know what I really like about this Hall of Fame voting is, and a lot of times when you kind of segregate the awards, and it makes sense to do so, right? You want to know who the best designer was perceived by the yes, public or yes. the judging panel or, you know, the, the best call-outs, the best music, the best rule set. When you place a machine and it gets Hall of Fame recognition from the awards show, you've got 20, 30, 40 people that can take pride in that induction versus maybe one or two or three people that worked on something that was very uh, separate. So in that aspect, Mm -hmm. I think it's really cool. And it'll be fun to see, you know, every single year what banners are being raised into the rafters and what what games are being celebrated by the community. And I think that's really cool. That's a good idea. I wonder who's going to win the 90s or even like preliminarily speaking, I've been looking at some of the results. I'm like, ooh, this is going to get interesting. This is going to get really interesting. The voters are, they're pretty good, but they might throw some curveballs here. Uh, and I encourage you guys to be a part of that. It is going to be 
Uh, it's just going to be a blast. And vote in the Twippies, too. That's your chance to vote for your favorite uh, of the year with respect to the design elements and the different engineering sound elements and whatnot. When, when did you know uh, this but, was a go? Because I know that you've spoken of this idea for a while. In fact, I, I mm-hmm. think I remember when we were uh, when we were first launching TPN, it was something that at some point had come up in conversation. I mean, is this something that you just figured out that you're going to go and you're going to try to get this all figured out in like four weeks? I mean, how does that work? Oh, uh, no, we've been working on it for a while. Okay. I just we wanted to do it right. We wanted to do it with the most respect uh, for the community and for those that are a part of um, anything else that feels or uh, initially looks similar. Um, we really, really worried a lot about that. And that's the feedback we received in-house as well when we were sharing it with one another and trying to work through this. We're doing this truly, truly with great intentions. We want to be a part of this industry and we want to be able to give back to this industry. This is this is just one way among many that you'll see over the coming years that we're able to do this. So for instance, somebody like me, because I, I work at Jersey Jack, I am not eligible to vote. Is that correct? Correct. You are not eligible to vote, even though you do. Well, no, it makes sense podcast, though. I mean, Innocence media. Yeah. Any, anybody that's directly um, getting paid or contracted to be paid for, uh, even if they are media, they are ineligible for this because we're trying to make it as objective as possible, gotcha. of course. So, um, and, and you know what? And for that matter, I've read a lot of comments that say stuff about some pretty heinous things that we're doing with one another. And that's why we're creating this. <laughs> Is awards. that what's going on? Um, I, I haven't yeah, seen there's those. shapes and there's uh, and there's motion zings and, and circles and all kinds of stuff. And look, that's fine. You get your kicks in. Um, you couldn't be further from uh, the truth there. But I, I thought to myself when we, and we discussed this, I'm technically eligible to vote for the, the, uh, the awards, the main category mm-hmm. awards, because I am not, I'm not paid by a manufacturer, nor do am I employed by one. But as a, an authorized dealer, I think it is in my best interest to take a step back and to not to not ah, vote in these. So you because will not be voting. No, I will not be. Uh, I, I think that's the right thing to do. Um, I will help produce. I will help. I will help run the whole damn ship. But just out of uh, out of respect for the awards show and the sanctity of what we're trying to create, it would probably be in my best interest and for those associated not to be voting fair. on this that's because fair. I do have a relationship with manufacturers. So Plus, you're going to uh, be busy counting that. all the cash that's coming in from this, and uh, how, how would you have yeah. time to vote, I'm sure? I get a li- I've got my thumb licking down. Uh, yeah, right. And then uh, just- who's hosting? Have you figured that out yet? Have you... Do you know? Are you not revealing that? What's going on with that? We're, yeah, we're currently working on that, and we, we've got some ideas, and we, we've got some agreements. So, yeah, hopefully that news will be out soon. That's more of a – it's not us trying to keep anything. We just we want to make sure we make the right decisions for, you know, for this awards group. Is there hardware involved? Is this just bragging rights? Is there a certificate? Like, oh, yeah. Have you figured that out? I'm really excited about that because I was a part of a previous awards – and I always wanted, I always wanted to provide people as as I do. I want to give. So when I give things to people, I want it to mean something. And any trophy means something, of course, because it's a representation uh, of what you've earned. But damn, it feels a lot better when you like looking at it. So we are giving away pretty beautiful trophies that are crystal, uh, high end crystal, crystal trophies. Yes, very very heavy weighted. Yeah, if you're gonna do something, Kim, I'm, I'm picturing that uh, that emerald sphere from uh, Superman, where they like pull it out, <laughs> right? A scepter. No, it's so yes. it's a it's a beautiful, beautifully crafted crystal award trophy, and we're, we're very proud of that. So we're gonna be giving that to the winners, and even like the 
how TPN is internally voting to piss people off, but we're internally voting for some of our peers and what we showcase as excellence for the year. Uh, and remember, we're doing multiple awards for some of these categories. So if it makes sense to do three streamers, there's no winner. Uh, this isn't a winner thing. If you want winners. Uh, it's like a recognition to, award type of thing. Yeah, we encourage yeah, you to go you. over the Twippies because they do. They'll do, they will have winners for, you know, favorite podcaster, favorite uh, favorite written piece. Um, and they do a great job with that. We're not wanting to do that. We're just, again, we're just wanting to showcase, hey, uh, we really as a group think that this this media did a phenomenal job. So we want to say thank you for that. So, so I, listen, I really like the Twippies. It's always been fun. I've appreciated it every single year. And uh, well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with uh, the industry awards, too. I, I think it makes sense to have have two different ways to approach the awards. No harm there. I just all I'm asking for the community is be nice. Try to be a part of something bigger if you want to help out and be supportive of or, you know, how about this? Sit back and relax and see how it goes and then offer some criticism after the fact. Uh, that's the other thing. I, I guess. Yeah. Give us a chance. Yeah. Enjoy I, I yourself. think too many people assume the worst. So I think at some point you just kind of have to look yourself in the mirror and say, hey, maybe I'm going to yeah. give this a chance and see what happens. And, you know, uh, for those I'm vocal. So naysayers. When yeah, I'm, I know. When I'm working with people in the, in the terrific group that is the TPM providers that are that are part of this committee, this in-house uh, Pinball Industry Awards Committee. And guys, they are they are busting their ass. They're really trying to bring you guys something special. So I'm always going to look out for them because it means the world to me when somebody is working alongside of me as diligently and as as, as hardworking as I'm doing. So I know um, if you're spearheading this, um, you're not going to half-ass it. So I yeah. I can confidently say that. And there's room. There's room. There's room that we. We're, this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, alongside the Twippies or alongside the Pinball News Awards when they were doing, I think they might still be doing those. So there, there's there's all kinds of, we can all be have fun together and be right. decent human beings without shitting on each other. I did want to say, though, to clear up some of the some of the misinformation out there, I just hate false statements. Can't stand them. Uh, those are what keep me up at night. Um, the false truth statements. Is, it's, we almost opened up the episode with that. Shit. The truth is this is not, listener, this is not any attempt to complete with or replace the This Week in Pinball Yearly Awards. It is not. So much so that when we announced this, we and we continue to believe so, we fully support the Twippies. We love the Twippies. We think that some of the things they're doing are wonderful. Continue to support that. We want to sit alongside and offer something different to make pinball even more exposed and celebrated. We're not trying to do anything that is going to harm anyone involved with the Twippy Awards. Can, can I jump in for just a quick yeah, second? Go ahead. And this is just me looking at it from the outside because, uh, I mean, I, I know Jeff personally. I know you personally. I know how involved yourself and Greg and Jeff were for the evolution and the, the launch of the sure, Twippies. Sure, yeah. When you guys mutually agreed to part ways or however that went, I, I think mm -hmm. it's the natural progression for you to want to keep that award show that you helped to create and bring it to a platform that doesn't compete with the Twippies. Mm -hmm. So in that aspect, I think it's commendable that you're still able to kind of follow something that you were heavily involved with without going for a direct competition. I don't see it as a direct competition personally. I see it again as Try you doing something to. that you had invested a lot of time in that you still wanted to continue to evolve, but you wanted to be respectful of the fact that the Twippies have their their place in the industry and the industry awards are just another aspect for people to celebrate the uh, the hobby in the industry. So, I mean, that's sure. that's kind of where yeah. I take it. Thank that's, you. That's, yeah. that's my feedback. And I'm, I'm transparent. I'm open and honest. Jeff and I don't always see eye to eye. We don't. Um, we've worked really hard together and great as a team 
uh, producing the This Week in Pinball podcast, producing a lot of things, the Twippies. Sure. Uh, so nothing but respect to what he is doing with the Twippies and the, and the Twippy committee over there. We don't see eye to eye. Uh, for example, he recently on the, the Pinball Industry Awards hopped in there, and I want to clear up some of the misinformation. He said he was given an off-the-record heads up by someone at TPN. I'm quote, this is a quote, uh, that they were looking at starting an award show run the same time of the year as the Twippies to compete with the Twippies, and it appears this is it. I'm going to stop right there in the quote. This is not it. There is no evidence to suggest any of that is truth. The only evidence we have is that we're trying to have fun. We're trying to create something that sits alongside uh, things that people love. That that's the that's the truth here. Uh, there's there's no competition, and it's not the same time of the year. I mean, we're in January. They're in March, uh, so it spreads it out. We wanted to be able to spread it out so people it wasn't stacked on top of one another. Uh, so no competition there. And I'd like to think that I'm going to create regardless. Ken, you know that. Whether it's an award oh, show, whether I, it's a podcast, I do know that. I do know I'm that. not going to hold myself back from creating just because other people are creating. Numerous podcasters, numerous everything. When you weren't, when you were no longer doing the Twippies, I mean, did anybody actually think that you would not consider doing another type of an award show at some point? I mean, before yeah. I even discussed it with you, I just assumed at some point we would see another award show. So I wanted to clear that up. He goes on to quote, "It looks like the difference is that it is some pinball." He says, "Quote media." people picking uh, the winners uh, versus the general public and pinball community. I know none of the details of these awards, so please direct all questions, the TPN guys. Thanks. So thank you, Jeff, for that statement and the Pinball Industry Awards Forum. Appreciate that. So yeah, just as we have said, as we announced it, if you have any questions, you can go on the website to read all about that. I hope that Jeff can get behind this and be supportive because we are doing everything that we can to show love and support for all the hard work that he and people he's associated uh, are in pinball. That's I think all. it's even a fun transition into the Twippies because you get the industry vote out of the yeah, way yeah. and then you transition into the uh, People's Choice Awards. Mm-hmm. And there is enough separation where it doesn't sound like it doesn't feel like you're getting double stacked with awards shows. So, yeah, I mean, absolutely. These both both of these can be successful. Uh, they can coexist. And uh, there can be support for each show because, again, collaborating is always what seems to be uh, the best way to work towards a common goal, so to speak. My favorite argument this week is from, you got to love Canada's pinball podcasting. Canada. Sure, you get to hear from him. He never mentions Jersey Jack, so I don't know. So we announced this, and within five minutes, bam, here's a text message from Canada. Am I I included (laughs) in this? Yeah. I said, yes, Chris, yes. You fit criteria to my knowledge. So, yeah, you're, you're a voice in media. Sure. He's like, okay, I'm behind it. I accept this. I agree with this. This is good stuff. Good. <laughs> you know, he goes and just shits all over it on his podcast. He's oh, did he? fired up. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, it, yeah. it is it is what it is. Um, yeah, he was he was trying to make this, uh, Twippies are important to him and others, and he's trying to make this push. He's like, I like when people choose the winners of the podcast and not fellow media. And I'm like, oh, I guess that's an argument. Oh, and that's a that's that's a fine opinion. I mean, yeah, that's a good opinion, right? Okay. If you want to, if you want to, I get it. That. Within five minutes, he then goes on to say, uh, to tell people to vote for him in the Twippies. Have your spouses vote, children vote, your mailman, anybody, any coworker. Oh yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> I'm so like, this is okay. So, but you know what? I uh, right. Okay. So you can't. This is a this is a this is a dark media hole voting. Here. Right. Right, but right, you right. can you can push non pinball people that have no clue who you are to vote. 
okay okay i i would i would just say if you're gonna make an argument make one one way or the other don't try to make both sides that that makes no logical sense one of the biggest things ken is we heard why are you guys voting for any media awards and i've alluded to it earlier just to clear it up we're doing so and that's why we're keeping it in house we don't want to have to put that burden on other media we no we just, as a group, we work really hard at TPN. We want to showcase our appreciation for those peers in pinball media. Cutting them awards, because me and Jeff Tielis have been kind of talking about this, the pros and cons. Cutting other people out is a disservice. So we get rid of it and we don't show any appreciation for other people. Well, damn it, who's going to? I mean, right? I mean, honestly, who, who cares if you're doing that? I, name me one pinball podcast that hasn't gone at the end of the year and talked about what they thought was the best this or the best that. The difference yeah. is you're doing it as a network. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. There are people out there, listener, that are doing such innovative and wonderful, terrific quality work that they're not going to be able to drum up, as Canada calls it, your children, your mailmen, your coworkers. They're not going to be. They're not interested. But damn it, they still deserve recognition. I would agree. I, th I think a lot of people. I'm not going to say a lot. I think there's a select few people in the in the uh, hobby or the industry that do get votes because of um, established history or name recognition. Whereas somebody else that might be doing something that's moving something forward or innovating might not get that attention. So in this instance, this is where a People's Choice Award would not be able to showcase that person. This is where, mm -hmm. and, and you know, a group of judges could really look at somebody's efforts and how they've moved the hobby or moved the industry, yeah. and then they get recognition. So uh, I think that point alone really kind of justifies what you're trying to do. I'm not going to get rid of that idea just at a mere fact that people are going to worry about our bias. To hell, who, who, to hell with that. If that means that somebody gets cut from recognition of wonderful work that they're doing that we consume each and every day, it's bullshit. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. Damn it, guys. We're trying to do something nice and fun. And I, here's what I told, and then we'll move on. I told the Pinball Industry Awards Committee, I said, look, guys, you're going to catch the heat. I'm used to it. They're not. God bless them. Uh, but I said, at the end of the day, here's, here's the deal. If we give recognition to some of those outstanding pinball media providers. If we do it correctly, Ken, if we do it correctly, listener, there's no argument really. If we do what we're supposed to be doing in recognizing those excellence, there should be no argument because people can't argue with uh, people that like, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you an example right here, right here, live on the air. I'm going to give you an example. Okay. We're going to have a committee meeting on I believe the 30th. Everybody's interested in, in being part of those excellence awards at TPN. We're going to have a discussion. We're going to have a debate. We're, we're really putting into some effort here. We're each going to be able to nominate who we would like in the different respective areas. I'm nominating somebody for streaming that I think has changed the landscape of pinball media. Okay. And that's Carl D'Angelo with IE Pinball. Oh, yeah. I can okay. see that for sure. Yep. Yep. That guy not getting the recognition. He doesn't need recognition, doesn't want recognition. But damn it, as a, as a pinball media provider, right. if I have the ability to provide some support and recognition for his and his group's hard work, I will do so. And if it makes me look like a biased asshole that's, that's just trying to make money off people, I'll wear that crown. Well, so and, and look at it I this way. Care. How many people in the streaming community have benefited from that Carl D'Angelo uh, style rig? I know that Absolutely. I built three of them and that's mm -hmm. something that could have been a, a pinball mod or something, but it, it should have certainly had, uh, yes. you know, been no, given some attention. Is, and in this instance, I mean, it did help to kind of streamline pinball streaming. 
And that is just a mere huge. example. Sure. That is no that guarantee makes... that Carl will get uh, an award of excellence in, in that. The the group is still going to have to put upon a debate and a vote for that, but we're doing so with with best intentions and we're really we're really putting in the work to identify some of these people. And this is exactly what I was talking about earlier. This is something where deservedly so that recognition should be there, but because you might not be thinking in like that when you go mm-hmm. into vote, it'd be really easy to kind of oversee the efforts of somebody like that. So absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, conversely, when I hear things like on, on a forum on pin side that says, quote, fuck this entire thing. It's so stupid. I can't wait to hear about how their feelings were hurt after just trying to do a good thing for the industry. Always the victim. I will not support this garbage and encourage others who see what's really going on here to do the same Twit does a great job, works hard, but fuck them. Let's start our own show to compete directly under the network. (laughs) Dick move. Why not just partner together? It's disgusting, man. I just, good Lord. Believe me, I I get it. You can't make all the people happy all the time. Some people take it to the extreme and and you really have to sit back (laughs) and be like, what is going on in life where you have to be so kind of off tilt on that? Um, I don't, I don't know how widely thought that rhetoric is, um, Seems like a play to just get more control back now that the Twippies is not part of the network. Guess what, right. ass? They never were a part of the network. Get your facts straight. Well, Sorry, and, and that's, that's the thing. Down. I think a lot of people assume that they Woo-sa-sa. know everything because there's no fact-checking that goes on, like legitimate fact-checking. There's no discussions behind the scenes. It's just like, well, this is what I see. This is my private eye mindset, and I'm going to expose what, what I'm already seeing. So mm-hmm. it's really difficult yeah. to deal with somebody that's got that in their head. And I don't know how you do that. And and I've dealt with it before. And it just it's just one of those thing things. For me. I will say this. I think that over the past couple of years, you've developed or you've increased your followership, your fan base, so to speak. And when you increase the amount of exposure that you have, rightfully so, because of the efforts that you're putting in the industry, with that is going to become is going to come a a more vocal group of people that speak out against what you're doing. So I think that's the natural Mm -hmm. progression of just becoming more exposed, uh, mostly in a positive way to, to the industry. So I don't know that I would let anything like that get you down. And and I know that you're too strong willed to let that impact you going forward, but, but let me, let's be honest. Something like that is hurtful because, because it affects my team. Right. And on the surface, it's just not justified to say that if you want to believe that you can't speak that you're coming from fact, if that's what's on your surface, I support your, your right to express your opinion. But I mean, what happened to people just being human beings and being able to express an opinion and let it come across? Because in my opinion, it becomes, it's more respectful if you're able to kind of articulate yourself and your opinions without such angst and vitriol, so to speak, chill out. Accept it. Have a conversation yeah. about it. I get it. But just go on the attack. Yeah, my ego is big enough. I don't care. I don't care what. Be, 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 guys, I'm numb. <laughs> you are now. You're me. you're just comfortable. Yeah, I'm numb, numb to it. Bring them on. I'll take right. them on. Uh, as long as they don't hit my the partners that I work with. And that's what hurts so much when I see somebody blood, sweat, tears into something. And they, they might be newer into the industry. And they're just doing so out of love and, and passion. And I'm not changing me fighting for pinball baby i learned to i learned so to roll that. with those punches but uh i'd be lying if yeah. the occasional comment that's ridiculous doesn't uh get under my skin at times so <laughs> uh, i do want to encourage all of those pinball media providers out there guys if you're doing a podcast if you're doing a stream if you've done some photography if you've any part of pinball media we're creating format for your voice to be heard Come join us. All you've got to do is fill out that form on the pinballindustryawards.com. 
and come be a part of that. Let's try to make this as people like you that are providing content that I consume the hell out of. We get to make this as objective as we can to let the industry know what the critics believe is the greatest of the year. Come join us. It'll be a lot of fun. Good luck with that, man. Thank you. Absolutely. Is that Frank? That was Frank. I don't know why I didn't turn that off. I'm sorry. <laughs> Moving on to other news. Stern Pinball had a flurry of code updates. Woo-wee. TMNT version 1.41 gets a half-shell challenge. Avengers 0.95 gets light shows, tweaks, and a DJ mixer. Iron Maiden V1.08 gets a huge, huge update. I, I don't even have time to tell you all about that. Go check that out. Paps Can Crusher? <laughs> Okay, hmm. we can update there. Version 1.02 alongside Primus. Version 1.04, they get the DJ Mixer stuff. Uh, alongside DJ Mixer in Star Wars. Version 1.10 and Stranger Things, my baby. Version 1.01 got a huge update as well. Really? Wait, what is DJ Oof. Mixer? Wiki, wiki. DJ Mixer is in a track mode. You can turn on the music that's playing Okay, so the you can listen you to the want. music. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. I believe Guns N' Roses has something like that, correct? Yeah, we have jukebox mode. You can go in and... Yeah, go update your codes on that. Or if you're like me, you still can't figure out how in the hell to do it. And you pray for the day that online connectivity comes to the world like it has Drew's Jack Pinball. And Multimorphic! <laughs> Don't ever forget the Multimorphic people. What do you know about the new EULA agreement? <laughs> I love having you on. You're part of the manufacturers. Now you get to talk about EULA EULA. Um... The end user license agreement. So Stern recently in the news here issued a, an end user licensing agreement, also known as a EULA, uh, that is, that is, was attached to their code update. So when you update code for your pinball machine, it comes up with this agreement that you have to check. And it, I'm not very knowledgeable of this, but if you listen to Dennis Creasel next week, he knows all about this or listen to, they'll probably touch on it on the Eclectic Gamers podcast this week as well. Uh, but essentially you're agreeing to not streaming any gameplay of your Stern pinball machine without Stern's prior consent. Um, without the express written not, consent of Major League Baseball. Exactly. Exactly. So they're trying to say, hey, you're not going to use, you're not going to install any unauthorized content or software, uh, no uh, use of authorized content or the software. Use of it may result in uh, seizing to your Stern Pinball machine, seizing to work permanently, hmm. losing access to Stern Pinball's online game network. Um, a lot of this stuff, you're not going to create, develop, distribute, or assist anyone in creating, developing, or distributing unauthorized content. So you're agreeing to saying basically... But here's here's the lamest terms. You're signing this when you're doing a code update that says, if I stream this and I get in trouble, it ain't on Stern. It's on me. Because we understand that we're signing or we're checking saying Stern has told us not to do this and we agreed not to do this. Hmm. I, I wouldn't think that the man, I, and I don't know this, I don't work in legal. I wouldn't think that the uh, manufacturer would be on the hook for somebody streaming a pinball machine that they bought. I mean, I understand yeah. where maybe... They shouldn't be streaming it, but I didn't know that that could come back on the manufacturer at all. I, this is all news I, to me. I don't, and I think it's news to them, too. They're trying to figure out this whole thing uh, because they do have a lot of people streaming. Well, let's their, it's their getting products. aggressive now, right? So um, where's yes, the future of yeah. pinball uh, streaming, especially on Twitch? Because with these instant bans and you know Facebook muting DCMAs, things and yeah. getting strikes. And I think a lot of it's innocent because, I mean, let's face it, and somebody that's streaming a pinball machine isn't isn't making enough money uh, most likely streaming that pinball machine to where they uh, 
you know, they're impacting the licensor's ability to capitalize. Sure. But on the flip side of things, I can understand where, you know, rebroadcasting somebody else's uh, IP or music or license mm-hmm. can be called into question. I would hope that Twitch would be able to negotiate this on their behalf so that anybody that's part of Twitch would be covered under an, an agreement. And whether that's charging their streamers a hundred bucks a year or something that then is paid uh, to kind of cover sure, yeah. music, something to that effect. You would, Cause I've seen this worked out in other forms. YouTube has done an agreement where any licensed content comes up, the, the proceeds of the advertisement uh, goes back to the, the, the creators of that original intellectual property. Right, right. So hopefully, yeah, I'm with you. Hopefully Twitch comes up with some type of agreement. Is that even uh, being discussed? These. I mean, it has to be discussed, right? It has to be in the... Sure. Okay. It's, they're just far apart it makes right sense. now. But it is in discussion. And this stuff's going to Supreme Court. This stuff's... This, it is, they're thinking about like felonies and stuff. Like, Could you imagine like you're doing some time because you uh, streamed some pinball on Twitch? Yeah. What'd you right. do? Yeah, what are you in uh, for? Uh, yeah. Streaming. Pinball. Playing pinball. And then you know what the first reply would be? They still make pinball? That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and they'd be like, give me your cocktail fruit. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, sorry. You can have it. You said cocktail, and I immediately. Oh, I see. Take my jello. Take my rubber meat here. Yeah, whatever. none of, none oh, of that's rubber any meat. Watch out. Hey. Okay. I'll just get out of this conversation. Okay. Uh, so. So we all saw that and we were like, what the hell? We have to ask Stern for permission to stream their games? This sounds like a horrible idea. And then over the last couple of days, that has changed. And it's now not on their website, this EULA agreement. Uh, it's not on oh, the website anymore. there you go. There you go. So uh, it's still in flux. We'll find out more information. We'll, we'll make sure to let you know as soon as we can. Uh, but we know that from, uh, from some of our providers that have reached out to Zach Sharp, Director of Marketing over at Stern Pinball, he indicated that it's no lo- that EULA agreement no longer on the site at the moment. Uh, he implied that it was going to be back there, but maybe some modifications. So they're going to have some more information as well. So we'll keep you all in tune. But it was is, in the is news, that why so those we, video out um, HDMI splitters are not available anymore? That some Stern people think that's no? part of it as well. Gotcha. And then there's still sense. some licensing stuff. So they're trying to figure it all out. So that's that. Not a lot of news going on this week. We did have a fun video from myself and Greg Bone for Straight Down the Middle. We did a top 10 list of the most underrated pinball machines of all time. Ooh, I did not catch that. That's yeah, fresh. You'll have to check it out. Uh, sip a beer this afternoon and watch that, Ken. Any spoilers? That, can, you, can you share one that's on well, that top 10 list? how about this? You name me a very yeah. underrated pin in your eyes, and I'll tell you if it made the list or not. A very underrated pin in my eyes. Well, we've talked about this at nauseum. Probably uh, Baywatch, I think, is underrated. Oh, well, unfortunately. <laughs> You're like, oh, well, I Straight disagree. down the middle did not identify Baywatch. As you a, did not uh, identify Baywatch. But I, you know what? I agree with you. That is an often overlooked, underappreciated, and underrated pinball machine. Very I good. think for me, I, I can call out overrated pinball machines more than I could underrated pinball machines. That video is coming. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to have that conversation. Off I, will, I will say that... Um, I'm going to give you a guess. Uh, and and I, know, I know there's a game on there that we both feel is underrated, but I I don't want to make the assumption that everybody thinks it's underrated, but I think sure, Stranger sure. Things should get more recognition than, than it is. I, I it think that uh, you might be pleasantly surprised to watch our video then. Right. Uh, and I'm already getting shit for that. You still have the game, so that's why. Oh, PayPal! There is, interestingly enough, there's a JJP game on there. Hmm. Because Greg and I both feel very strongly that there is one title in particular that we feel is very much underrated. And I won't say what, but I'll I'll trick you guys here because a lot of people are automatically thinking The Hobbit. It's not The Hobbit. There's one title in particular. Hobbit's a great there. game. 
Oh God, I love the Hobbit. And listen, I'm a company man, I suppose. But I, yeah, I love the entire JJP catalog. In fact, I'm looking at right now. I've got Wonka, Guns N' Roses, Wizard of Oz, and uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. God, you lucky ass. And my Pirates is a prototype that has some stuff on it that others don't. Yes. Can I come see it? Yeah, I would love for you to come see it. I think you'd love it. Yeah. Oh, man, I need that. You've got all kinds of secrets over there. Can I at least ask you this, Ken Cromwell? Sure. Have you have you seen JJP's next title? Have I seen it? Or sure. do I know what it is? Have you seen it? Oh, okay. Do you know what it is? I believe I do know, know what it is. is. You don't have to I believe that. I believe I know what it is. Yeah. I think you do. Um I can't really comment on it, on if I've seen uh, it or not. Sure, but you're on the show, so Because I don't I don't want to give away where it may or may not be as far as uh, you know, development. Can't can, what's the code at on that new and What's the code at? What's the code at? Uh, is it version one yet? Yeah. I think I think the focus and the effort right now is, is just really making sure there that we can get go. these GNRs in everybody's yeah. home, let everybody be happy with this game because, you know, the next release is coming, but uh, we got sure. a lot of work to do as far as getting everybody their games right now. You're good. That's what I expect. Have you played yeah. it? Have you flipped it at all? <laughs> oh, you're not even going to tell me. I choose to assert my Fifth Amendment privilege. Okay. Whatever. I bet he shot at everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, it's the segment that you wait for week to week. It's Pinball Market Trip. Hey, wait. Take it away, Zach. Why is the music starting? This is shit. (laughs) Bravo. Bravo. Tell me there's nothing more therapeutic than that. It actually uh, toasted my vocal cords a little bit. And, uh-huh. uh, but yeah, I feel regenerated. I might sleep well tonight for the first time. I'll, I'll look at my aura ring. Yeah, it's like a high, isn't it? Right. Feels so right. good. Now you want to tell what's pretty the good. listener what's trending up and what's trending down. I got people knocking on my garage. You okay in there? It's like, yeah, it's pinball market trends. It's okay. Yeah, wait until we get to deals. With the what's that? All right. <laughs> trending up this week, thank you, Kim Cromwell, is Iron Maiden by Stern Pinball. It's trending up this week because... I don't know if they're going to be producing anymore. Number one, people are still asking me for it. Number two, number three, it got a huge ass code update on that thing. Back they, up the truck. They're pumping out the code. It's, There's like 80 people working on code over at Stern, evidently. Woo, woo. Here come the code train, and then unload it on Iron Maiden. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't know what code sounds like when it unloads. I hope it doesn't sound like that on any of my <laughs> machines. Uh, ones and zeros is all it is. So uh, Iron Maiden got a big code update. And again, it's a wait and see whether they're going to produce this thing. I don't know if the license is up, but the Iron Maiden premiums, hell, those have not been produced in a long time. And even Mm. the pros now, people are trying to get their hands on. So you're going to see that number continue to stay steady and even rise as they start to become more and more scarce. Trending up Iron Maiden. People are going to want that Elwin's first game too, right? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. You're made for this. Have you done a podcast before? I dabbled. Mm, dabbler. I'm going to dabble in something that's trending down. It's TNA. No, not that TNA. Total nuclear annihilation. Scott Denisi himself. Love you, buddy, but I'm sorry. Your first machine is trending down at the moment. It's a market. It fluctuates. Chill out. It might go back up. Who knows? I'm just reporting facts. Why, why is it trending down? I like, well, I like TNA. I hate to tell you. Again, uh, sometimes I don't know the etiology. I just report the trends. It's just the this numbers. one, I got you. I got this you. This one's dipping in the fives now. Ooh, 
on the secondary market getting you a TNA in the $5,000 range? What is this, a Stern Pro? No, it's TNA, baby. It's a light show unlike anything else until GNR came out. <laughs> I, well, I'll tell you what, though. Scott let me borrow the TNA Whitewood, and we had it for months. And Oh, yeah, I remember that. What a fun machine. I mean, it's Ooh. just great. And there's something about when you hit start and that music hits. Again, that's another really cool kind of pinball moment. I really, really like TNA. So Yeah, and the reason, the other reason... Honestly, it is trending down a little bit because you are seeing those prices dip in the secondary market. And we do know that there uh, is no longer a rumor. It has been verified by Charlie, the owner over at Spooky Pinball, that they're going to have another run of that, a 2.0 run, if you will. And ah, that's be right. Up, yeah, they may be updating and enhancing some things. So the people with these uh, with these traditional ones are seeing GNRs coming out. They're seeing Led Zeppelin. They're, they're, you know, they're moving on with them, and they're starting to fill the marketplace a little bit. Well, maybe it's time thing. for me to jump on because I just realized I've not ever played a TNA production game. I've only had, had oh, wow. extensive time on the Whitewood. I've not played a production game. How about that? How There's about some that? cool differences there. I would encourage it. Yes. I would encourage it. But wait, listener, wait until it gets down. Uh, get you picky up a good TNA for about $5,400 and you've made one hell of a deal. All trending down this week apparently is having fun and being genuine, enjoying pinball. Oh, jeez. Yeah, well, hey. All right, a little poke at some of those assholes out there that think that uh, I'm just doing this as a self-serving thing. and I'm. I guess that's better than uh, Dick of the Week that had made an appearance or two on the show. So. You know what? Now that you mention it, I'm joking. Okay. Oh, yeah. I think uh, Dennis's contract uh, includes... No singing. Um, termination of Dick of the Week. So. No D-O-T-W. No, no Dick of the Week this week. That's okay. But I do have a D-O-T-W. You know why? Because it's a deal of the week! Bye, bye, bye! Nicely played. Have you done this before? That's why I uh, have to create award shows, because I can't win myself. He can't win him, so he's going to create him himself to give himself. Oh, fuck off, God. With respect, how pathetic would it be if you went out of your way to create an award show to award yourself the <laughs> to awards? To give myself! Do people think? Uh, come on! That'd I be just, pretty bad. Some brains don't function. They just don't work. Still, the week this week can be found on Pinside. A mousing around. What do you know about mousing around there? It sounds like a Bill Webb machine there. Hmm. I know nothing about it. I've never owned a mousing around. I've played it, but I've not owned it. I can't recommend it enough. If you that's, like is that, System is that a 11 System 11 mouse and yes. around? Yeah, if, right. if you like System 11s, this is one of my favorite System 11s ever made. And this one in particular is coming out of Van Alstein, Texas. Hmm. Man, sure it's not out of Transylvania. Van Alstein, it did sound Texas. Dracula-like. It's like, oh, who's going to drive to that house in that area? My name is Harrison like Maxwell. Too. Right. Well, I was thinking Van Heusen, like the the hunter of monsters. Oh yeah, yeah. Van Helsink. Helsink. What did I say? Helsin. Van Heusen. Wasn't yeah. that a, wasn't that a brand of like an old jeans at <laughs> Kmart? Think it is. I think my son gets one of those Van Heusen shirts <laughs> from his godmother every single year, and it comes like in this obscure. I'm like, what is this? And I'm like, oh, it's it's that Van Heusen shirt. It's every single year he gets one of those things. It's awesome. I love it. So, uh, check know. out my my Van Houston, my K Swisses. I'm, right. I'm decked no, out. No baby. buying. Uh, can't buy pinball Van Houston. So, oh my gosh! Now you can't buy that type of passion. You can't buy that <laughs> kind of shirt. That that type of pinball. Mouse around uh, for sale. The reason I the reason I'm highlighting this one is that it's a nice one. Everything's been going through. Everything's working 100 per this pin cider. Mouse traps have actually been taken apart and cleaned, and they work great. Pop bumpers, everything strong. Very nice, nice overall player shape and one of the best ones that they have seen. And by looking at the photos, they're not lying. It looks like a like a way above average 
uh, player's condition, mousing around. And for 2400 bucks, oboe? Come on. Get I do love when somebody out. says it's the nicest one I've ever seen. Because if, I, if today, if I went out and I bought, say, uh, a mousing around, and I never owned one, and mm-hmm. I could just be like, this is the nicest one I've ever seen. So. Well, that's, yeah, that is true. It's a good point. Right. It's a good point. Right. $2,400, that's pretty much the going, that might even be cheaper than the going rate yeah, for th- a mouse and a ram, th- much less a nice one. That That is, that's huge. Yep. 2400 so, is absolutely respectable. Bye, bye, bye. Oh. <laughs> bye, bye, bye. See, you get me, Ken. You just get me. It's been a while. But it's like muscle memory. It's like I didn't forget. Oh, love you, buddy. All right, also another deal of the week this week is the Harlem Globetrotters. They're on tour, I've heard. Harlem Globetrotters on tour. Yeah, the solid state back in the day. You can, you can find one on Pinside right outside of Tucson, Arizona. I bet it's still like 80 degrees in Tucson. You lucky bastard. Now, his Pinside username is E-E-E, triple E. Or would it be E? What do you think he goes by? I, I have no idea. But mm. I, I, I do have a Harlem Globetrotter story when you're done here. I would love that. This one, this one is professionally clear-coated, and you know how I love those supple clear-coated playfields. I am the same way. If you could take any machine and have it professionally cleared from back in the heyday, like to a modern clear, it adds at least $1,000 to a game, in my opinion. Absolutely. In my opinion. And uh, this one, he said, plays smooth. It's a gym in your game room. All right, getting a little over top there. Beautiful original back glass, mirrored back glass. It's nice. Newly installed playfield braid refurbished spinners crisp displays it's a nice one and for twenty five hundred dollars bye 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 it's a deal you can't beat that let me ask you have have you put a lot of time on harlem globetrotters i have i've put a decent amount of time on it so what is your general like 30 seconds or less what's your review on this game uh there's somebody that's not owned one do they go out and, and get one i think for anybody that is considering an early solid state this should be in your top three to consider Gotcha. It's, a, it's a standard body, which always is going to play a little bit better than your traditional Bally wide bodies, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the spinner rips on this game alone are worth the cost of admission, not to mention the theme, the beauty of this game, and uh, inline drop target bank. Oh, that feels so, so good to hit. Uh, so, yeah, I would say it's iconic. Uh, it's beautiful. It's fun to play. It's fun to rip. Balance scoring for the most part. That's why you see it in a lot of competition play. I love Harlem Globetrotters. Okay, because I was hanging out with Eric in the office the other day, and Eric Minier, designer on Pirates, designer on Guns N' Roses, Mm -hmm. and he was talking about how he had come into work in the night prior. He was putting a lot of time on his Harlem Globetrotters, and I was kind of poking some fun at him. I'm like, dude, all these games that you have, because he's got a pretty extensive game collection, but he finds himself putting a lot of time on Harlem Globetrotters, and I never had thought that I would be kind of in the market maybe to look for Harlem Globetrotters, but he told me, he said, Ken... Do yourself a favor, get a Harlem Globetrotters and mm-hmm. put some time on it, and you're going to appreciate that you did. So I, I might be looking for Harlem Globetrotters. The caveat is if you were looking for that style of play, that early solid state style of play. So you know, I the, appreciate games like Meteor. I mean, yep, early solid yep. state, uh, stars, that sort of stuff. So I, yes. I can see, and I think there's some similarities with the drop targets and the scoring of Meteor mm-hmm. as there is with Harlem Globetrotters, the way that he was explaining it to me. I remember playing Harlem Globetrotters at a couple of pinball shows, but I never really thought too much about it. You know, you get overload. You're trying to go one machine to the next, to the next, to the next. But mm-hmm. uh, I want to revisit uh, a little Harlem action. Then, yeah, this is this would be right up your alley. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, so you save some money with those deals, but you're going to lose some money if you follow this deal of the what? How? Who clear-coated that play field? Mm. 
your submission for deals of the WTF and Apopka, Apopka, Florida, C.M. Struff off of Pinside is selling a Medieval Madness Remake Royal Edition. Okay. Yeah. I fancy that game. I like that trim level. It's like a $10,000 game, isn't it? Absolutely. $10,000, bye, bye, bye. Now they said the game's in perfect condition. Okay. Local pickup only. Fine. Doesn't affect me. Cash on the glass only. Thanks for stating the obvious. You know I'm going to Venmo you. Um, Right. PayPal only, please. Build date June 2020. Makes sense because that's kind of when they made them all. Mm -hmm. 10 out of 10 exterior. So it's new. Okay, I get it. Looks like it was taken out of the box yesterday. That doesn't tell me anything, really. The only mod is the green LED on the trolls. That's fine. What I'm not okay with, Streth, is the price. Okay. He's trying to, trying to maximize here off of the scarcity uh, of the remake. Do you have any of these new in box right now? Like, can somebody buy a Medieval Madness for me right now? Not Royal. for me. No, we okay. sold out immediately. But there's eh, Planetary might have some stocked. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Uh, he stocks a lot of those. I'm, I'm trying to figure out the scarcity at this point. People ask. Because you're setting it up for it. the big price. I, I know you are. People, people want it. I get it. But do they okay. want to spend $14,000 oh, on it? That's that's some serious coinage. Just a bit outside. Just a bit outside. Try the mm. corner and missed. Sell, sell, sell. Yeah, this one, this one is like when you wonder what happened to the pitcher when, I don't know, the tar on his fingers like flew off into the stands. $14,000 for a remake that was, like he said, not even a year old, and he's won $4,000 more, and it's used. No. But it looks like no. it just came out of the box, so uh, there, there's that going for it. It could still be in the fucking box, and I wouldn't pay $14,000 for it. Yeah, so that's what I was going to ask. If somebody, say, a Jeez. distributor or private owner has a, a Royal Edition brand new in the box, is $14,000 out of line for an asking price on that? Seems I don't know. I spent over $700 for a PlayStation 5 in the parking lot. I well, that's get a little it. different. That's a little different. I get it. That's a but, little different. And here's why it's not, Ken. Uh, you brought up a good point. Uh, the The deal is they've made a ton of these things dating back to the original remakes and the original remake LEs. And they sell these accessories that make this royal the royal. They sell them as kits. So it's not like the attack for a Mars topper that you can't buy. You can buy the royal topper for this. You can buy the upgrade. What does the whole lighting. kit cost? If I want to take my medieval madness from a stock to a royal edition, and when I say royal, I mean all the amenities that sure. are offered on the royal. Mm-hmm. What, what's my cost for the accessories? You're looking at yeah, let's say fifteen hundred two grand. So, let's say two two grand. So I mean, if you can go out and find a medieval madness any edition, about eight grand, for 10, for one nine grand maybe for ten or less, and you buy the accessories new for another two. With the exception of the labor being factored in, you're getting a, a brand new or a nicely shaped uh, Royal Edition experience for for 12 on the high end. Exactly. That's where right. my rationale is here. You can okay. add these things. They're they're readily available. So there's nothing that makes this special right now, and especially this, this certain trim level. But at 14, um, you've got that built-in cushion where you can actually come in at 7 and negotiate around 9 or 10. So there you go. Man, that's a hell of a cushion. That's right. going to sit. Right. That would offend that Bill Webb. He doesn't like anybody coming in under 80% of the uh, asking yeah, I mean, price. we're not talking Gilligan's Island here, but damn. No, no, no. A special one lit throw back there. Sell, 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 indeed. Probably a nice person, but uh, you're a couple grand too high on that. That's all. Fair enough. Now is your pinball market trends. You could not let that segment go without you blasting that one. I loved it, man. That was pretty long. That was impressive. 
It had some hang time. Yeah, it did. It had some hang time. Yeah, it did. <laughs> All right, Ken, thanks for stopping by yes, the old stomping yes. grounds here. I could. You sure you don't want to do it every week with Dennis? Yeah, you know, I, I think it would be maybe a little bit of a conflict of interest for everybody involved. But uh, I, I'll say I appreciate that you thought to have me on. It was great uh, for so many different reasons. I always look forward to collaborating with you on on anything, creating content, doing these podcasts. Not to be overly gushy, Thanks, but I, I appreciate everybody that gave me an opportunity to spend some time with them, whether it be on the car ride in or, or in the bathroom while listening to our podcasts. And uh, I owe... My gratitude is to you because I really think that without your support, I don't know how motivated I would have been to stay in the industry making content. And because of that support, I'm working at a pinball company. So for what it's worth, it's a dream job for me. And uh, I appreciate it. And I thank everybody very much. Wow. I, that feels really good. I can't. It feels awesome. It feels awesome for me. And if you're looking that. to work in the pinball industry, careers at jerseyjackpinball.com, come aboard. Wow. It's fun times. Yeah. And if, you know, farming system, if you want to. Join the TPN a little bit. We'll get you. We'll get you settled in. And uh, if you can take the heat from media, you sure as the hell take the heat from manufacturing. <laughs> that should be it. Sure. You, you have to go through a uh, like an American Ninja type <laughs> right. uh, character assassination, uh, huh? and then you uh, then you get vetted, <laughs> and, and then you get to move on to other things. If, if you, you can, can still love pinball after this, we want you. <laughs> yeah, right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Oh man, times. You, you know, I think the, the world of you and doing anything alongside of you Same is here. just a dream come true. It's so much fun. Uh, again, I meet another best friend because of pinball. So that's why I keep striving to fight each and every day, regardless of the kickback that sometimes I receive. Jersey Jack is unbelievably, unbelievably lucky to have you and vice versa. Lucky to be a part of that good group uh, up there. I'm just pumped for each and everything that uh, you help develop here in the pinball world. I know you flipped that damn game. I'm looking forward to what uh, <laughs> Jersey Jack exactly. has uh, coming up next, as well as my own CE coming here very soon, it sounds like. So, Kim Cromwell, thank you very much. You can reach yeah, out. for sure. Thank you. Make sure to follow, listener, the Jersey Jack Pinball Podcast. Kim Cromwell is hosting that, and hopefully we'll hear some of that new stuff uh, quite soon and go to the yeah, social media. We've got more interviews Ooh. actually coming from the Jersey Jack pinball podcast. Uh, and you can reach out to the show there. It's podcast at jerseyjackpinball.com. And that's where you can reach me. If you need to reach me on anything, that's, reach out. that's terrific as well as uh, go to social media, Facebooks and the Instagrams and all that and like, and follow and subscribe Jersey Jack pinball in general. So you can see all of the fun stuff that Ken has his hands in. That would mean the world to me. Thank you. Woohoo! You can reach me at the pinball network at gmail.com. <clears throat> I think that, uh, that scream trends did kind of get me. Uh, you can also reach out to straight down the middle of pinball series at SDT and pinball at gmail.com. We have a lot of fun stuff over there right now. Like I said, the top 10 most underrated pinball machines of all time, as well as new reviews coming up with teenage mutant Ninja turtles and Willy Wonka himself. Ooh. Outstanding. And top 10 like list it. for most overrated pinball machines. That one might piss a couple people off. <laughs> but, you it's know, okay. hey, only reporting Wouldn't facts. Wouldn't be a first. That's all. That's all. Right. And if you're ready to buy a brand new, beautiful Jersey Jack pinball machine, you know where to go. You can contact me at Flipping Out Pinball. Me and Nicole are working diligently to provide all the customer support and satisfaction uh, that we can muster up. So contact us at 812-457-9711 or email us at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at flip the letter N out pinball.com or we'll try to keep a lot of products up on the website, flipping Remember, that's just the letter N out pinball.com. 
The machine showcase this week is a Stranger Things Pro or Premium in stock, as well as what else we have in stock? We have some uh, Turtles Premiums. We got some Wonka Collector. I need to remind me, Ken. I need to talk to you. Mm. I'm missing my Wonka. I might need to get my yeah, hands on a that's Collector. A, that is a great game. We have Collector Editions left. Mm. They're all. Everything else is sold God, out. No. God. No. Yeah. All the Wonkas are gone. Can oh. you believe it? And uh, people, I get a daily message about Guns and Roses. Now's the time, people. Just pull the trigger. Don't get further back in line. Just pull the trigger and let's get you in Agreed. line. And let's get you going. Yep. We also have Batman 66 premiums in stock. Escalators that are built to order, so they have a little run time. But if you want one, let's get you one ordered. Hot Wheels by American Pinball Star Wars Comic Pro still in stock. Guardians Pro, I think I've got one left of that, and the pin if you want one for your office or your game room. What happened last week here at TPN? Well, we had a lot, actually. TPN providers are trying to bring everything that they can to you this holiday season, and they did so with their content. Silver Ball Stories aired a Christmas tale. Note to self, uh, as I was driving out to my mother and father's house, I thought, oh, Christmas tale, that sounds nice, lovely. And I played that with my kids in the car. Um, a, a dark little tale that Joshua Jacobs uh, told there. So uh, needless to say, they said, Daddy, what? Uh, that's not Sandy. What's this Krampus? That's how my kids sound. <laughs> 40-year-old Karens. Dad, where's the fucking manager? No. Right, uh, right. So, so check that out. <laughs> the Puppet Pals are back, baby. Episode four. Hey, Puppet Pals. That is a pinball treasure there. Uh, episode four. That's a lot of work for that podcast. What do you think I about the puppet pals, sure. Ken? Uh, it's unlike anything I have ever heard or I would expect to hear in pinball. And honestly, uh, I don't know how you feel about that. But I mean, that's kind of, in my opinion, the type of hard work and dedication that could be recognized uh, for the Twippies or for the industry awards. Wow. Just yeah, I, I, I couldn't say it any better and agree wholeheartedly. Uh, episode four is called the armor. Their quest is getting deep now and I'm scared for the puppet pals cause they are meeting some unsavory people along their way. It seems like, uh, is Moppy speaking a little more clearly now these days? Yeah. Uh, Moppy's Moppy's going to classes and a little bit. Yeah. The speech therapy's paid off for Moppy. We, we know a good one. We set him up and he's, uh, still a mop, but he's good. He's, he's nice. getting good. Steve's still gullible. The poor Steve. God, they're hookers, Steve. They're hookers that you were talking to. Jeez. Sorry. Is hooker the uh, uh, good times. politically incorrect way to say? Uh, uh, I believe it's prostitute. Is that the, the nomenclature that is preferred? I, I don't really know. I, I haven't dabbled, but. Sexual worker? <laughs> I don't know. Silverball Chronicles. <laughs> has these, a brand- these, I don't know, man. Take me out of that conversation. <laughs> God knows a false narrative that comes from you discussing <laughs> prostitutes on the Pinball Network. Oh, this week's news, Pin Cromwell. Right. Silverball right. Chronicles. Everybody loves those. Talk about a, a podcast to highlight this year. The birth of Super, Silverball Chronicles exclusively on the Pinball Network is covering Pat Lawler. Huh? About that yeah. link right there. Jersey Jackson. I Pat like Lawler. that. But they're going to cover the actually. The later years, Pat Lawler's uh, Stern years, maybe JJP years. So check that out. It's called Lawler Pinball's Roller Coaster Tycoon. Only. Uh, I'd TV. like to give some a little shout out to David Dennis and uh, Ron Hallett. Those guys are knocking out of the park over there. We were talking about it at one point. Mm-hmm. That's a timeless podcast. You can refer anybody yes. to those shows and they can really get a background on pinball. And I think that's something that's interesting and something that has not been done and benefits the community tremendously. TPN this week, uh, you know, I don't know, but we might get a final round this week, I believe. Make a, make mm, sure oh, yeah. to uh, 
They got the reach arounds over there at the final round pinball podcast, the reach around awards. Those are going to be debuting. I believe the day before the reach around awards. What the heck is that? Yeah, The reach around awards where that's, that's too many awards shows. Yeah. So we cancel that. I, I love mean, it. they're poking the gall of them to have a reach around award <laughs> when there's all these pinball awards shows. Come on, Jeff Teolis and Marty Robbins. The the guys over there love satire, and they do it so well with their sponsor of the week. Now they're doing it with an award, with an award ceremony called the Reach Arounds, where the winners are selected by whoever gives them the most money. So there you go, the Reach Arounds. There's going to be no winners. Nobody gives money out <laughs> oh, in pinball. That's yeah, just well, the the sad true. face of it. That is true. So check that out. But this week we might we might get some final round action. We're we're due for uh, we're due for a couple more. But I will say this. For those of you who are still listening, what is wrong with you? No one likes two-hour podcast. Uh, get your votes in for the Pinball Industry Awards Pinball Machine Hall of Fame. It's free. It's easy. It's fun. Careful. You may actually have fun. Submit it. It's a lot of fun. It takes two seconds. Go to the pinballindustryawards.com to submit your vote now. And podcasters, streamers, if you're listening to this, we have created a platform for your voice to be heard. We need, for objectivity purposes, as much representation as possible. So please, please, we're going to have a lot of fun. Submit that on the website so that we can get you some eligibility to vote for those very transparent, entertaining awards. We want to hear what the critics and the experts have to say about this year's accomplishments in pinball. And you you said it. That's the key. Have fun. Embrace it. Relax. Yeah. Have some fun, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Have some fun. Ken Cromwell... I think there's only one way to outro this show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this episode of the Pinball Show. For Zach Many, I'm Ken Cromwell. Always practice safe pinballing. I can feel it coming in the air tonight. Up. And don't forget to take some time out of your day and play some pinball so long, everybody. I remember, I remember, don't worry. You saying, oh Lord? I thought you were saying, hold on. Shit, my mind is blown. Oh Lord, hold on. Shit. I'll be telling everybody who they should be voting for if they're smart. Did you just say you'll tell everybody who they should be voting for if they're smart? Oh, absolutely. I yes. love that. Yeah. Okay. This one's for you, buddy. Still haven't gotten the text with my Xbox Series X on it, so I guess I was not on Santa's list over at Flipping Out. I guess that's what you get when you leave TPN. Nothing. I'm kidding, man. I was on Twitch, and like somebody had... This lady had like these, uh, they were like fake ears. And she's like, oh, it's in your left ear. Oh, it's in your right ear. Oh, and I guess God. I guess people fall asleep to this. I just don't, I don't understand that shit. I don't know how it really, it pisses me you know off. Who was, you know who's listening to that a little bit? I think it was Steve Beatty. Steve Beatty got in a little bit into the ASMR. He's like, oh, it's just so relaxing. I can see that. He's a fucking dead Steve's a chill, Yeah, he's him. a chill dude. I, I definitely see that. <laughs> right. I don't get into that shit. It was weird. The so last time I was there, he asked me to rub his ears directly. I thought that was kind of. <laughs> I was like, "What is this called?" Some